0: You get shut down and it's like, fuck, what are you gonna do now? Like yeah. you spent the last like two, three years, like all day, like literally blood, sweat and tears, like went into like building that farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for someone to just be able to say, no, you can't do this. Like, hey, that was the shittiest thing that probably ever happened to me, but also like the most humbling and probably the best thing to ever happen to us.
1: How you doing? Welcome to Versations. That's T-H-O-M-versations, where the H makes all the difference. How the H are you? I'm Tom Kilcane, your host, and I want to tell you I'm doing well, but I've got a cold going on. That winter cold. Oh boy. I've avoided like flus and bad stuff uh, so far this winter. And otherwise, though, you know, mentally I'm doing good. I'm feel positive about how things are going. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes winter can really get me down a lot of grayness. Um, uh, but the snow has been wonderful this time of year. Just awesome. We've really gotten hammered lately. I bet we've got about two feet of snow, um, just in February and it's beautiful. It's actually really nice. So, and get a little exercise, you know, get up in the morning. There's snow, got to shovel the snow. It's the way it is here in the Northwest, but. It's good. And I'm, I'm otherwise happy. But today's podcast is about marijuana. Yes. What is it like to grow marijuana in Washington state in the United States? How does someone get started growing marijuana and how do you grow it? You'll hear from my nephew slash godson, Zach Decker, and he's been a grower and marijuana entrepreneur for several years. He's going to tell you what it's like to grow pot tell you about the ups and downs of the business, some insider stuff there. And you'll hear the story of what happened when the county, where he was doing good business with his pot farm, they changed zoning laws on them, and he and his business partner, TJ, had to stop doing business, take down their operation, an entire farm, and move to a different part of the state, some 60 miles away, and just start all over well, if you have any interest in the business of growing or the laws regarding marijuana, this podcast is for you. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting, so but I'm kind of biased. Stick around. But right now, it's time for beer. Especially one from the Moscow Brewing Company, and that is located right here in Moscow, Idaho, in the good old United States of America. And they are committed to creating the highest quality ales and from ingredients found throughout the inland Northwest, locally grown grains and hops, the quality of flavor and that consistent quality that will leave you wanting another one. So stop in today, come and say hi and enjoy a selection of ales. They feature flavorful IPAs, rich stouts, good stouts and everything in between. So check out Moscow Brewing Company on Facebook and on Instagram at Moscow Brewing and tell them Tom sent you. One more thing, you know, when I created the podcast, uh, making money with it was kind of always in the back of my mind. How could I make money? Is it possible to make money with a podcast? I suppose it is, but how do you do it? You know, there are a couple of different ways. And one of them, you could either sell things like, you know, you see on sites that says buy me a coffee and there's a link where you can go and give a little bit of money or you can get like a Patreon type thing. You give a little bit of money every month, like a subscription, um, or You know, we could do the advertising model where a podcaster like me finds a business that wants to sponsor your show. And I always thought, which way should I go? Because I do come from a nonprofit background. You know, which of these models is the best? And, well, it just kind of happened that I was talking to the owner of Moscow Brewing Company, Aaron. And I said, hey, man, would you like to sponsor my podcast? And he gave it some thought. We talked back and forth. He's like, sure, yeah, let's do it. So, you know... Moscow Brewing Company said yes. And well, now I guess that this is advertiser-based podcast now. So, well, got that solved for now. But if you or someone you know would like to advertise in this podcast, send them my way. Uh, send that email to T-H-O-M-K-O-K-E-N-G-E, TomCocaine at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to chat with them, So Maybe we could do some business. Who knows? Um, I, I'm new at this. So, Failure at some point is going to happen, but right now things are going really well, and I'm glad to have you listening. And thanks for listening to my preamble here, but uh, right now let's let's get to it. Let's get to Zach Decker talking about pot. Thanks, Zach, for coming in and doing the conversations with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, uh, Zach. Uh, so uh, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm Zach.
0: Um, I grow marijuana legally for Washington State. Yeah, that's probably about all that's really that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else. No. Um, I have a graphic design degree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of been like one of our blessings to have in the whole legal marijuana world, you know, competing against multimillionaire owners. So mm-hmm. it's kind of help, helped our edge, I guess.
1: I don't know. What do you want to know? You're my nephew, yeah. For one, really, I'm your godfather, God, the right? godfather, yeah, the the godfather, and um, so so I've known you your whole life, uh, and so this is kind of a weird situation. I mean, it's like that you're my uh, the first time I'm doing one of these with a direct relation, right? Yeah. We've already been smoking, by the way, marijuana, and we're not doing this in the normal situation. We're in Washington State today. Yeah. Uh, it might sound a little different um, because we've got the equipment here, but it's uh, we're in Washington State where marijuana is legal, and nephew Zach Decker grows marijuana. And what's the name of your company? Binks
0: Buds or Old McDonald's? Okay, depending on the your price range that you want
1: to <laughs> afford. Yeah. So is there so Binks Buds is like a but I don't understand. How do you have two companies? What's are just those are just brand names. Those your are company. like just
0: our our company is Old McDonald's Farm. Uh huh. Um, you know, because why not? It's kind of funny.
1: Well, your partner's last name is McDonald.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Shout out to TJ.
0: Yeah, TJ McDonald. Um, yeah, when we started, we knew there was going to be you know issues in the county, things like that, and we're like, well, it'd be cool if like there was. A company called Old McDonald's Farm, E I E I O, yeah, you know, right? <laughs> Add some cush on his farm. <laughs> um, and he actually came up with it. And so our business name is Old McDonald's Farm. It's kind of funny when we go like set up accounts at like construction, like warehouse stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like it always gets a kick out of people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then so I, Old McDonald's and then Binx Buds are our two brand names. Mm-hmm. Binx Buds is premium sun-grown cannabis. And then Old McDonald's is the outdoor natural crop, kind of cheap weed that people love.
1: Yeah. Well, it, but it's not, I mean, it's it's just the less expensive, right? It's not as if it's... Cheap yeah, it's... Cheap weed, I mean, it's not... Cheap. It's not chin, is it cheap? And it's cheap weed. <laughs> yeah. It's cheap weed. Cheap to grow, cheap to process. All that yeah,
0: thing. old McDonald's, most of that is like, we buy from local farmers and then we'll like, package it, sell it, oh. kind of trap house style, you know, old school, like, buy the weed, break it down and sell it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, no, that's like, it's kind of been a blessing too, as like the market has dropped in price. Um, you don't want to, like, cut corners on your, like, premium brand. Um, you know, if you do that, then you're just, you lose your brand's integrity, things yeah. like that. Um, so we started, like, the B-Line cool. to be able to just, like, flip weed and compete in, like, the cheap, inexpensive weed market. Um, so, like, in Tacoma, you can buy old McDonald's for $10 an eighth. Oh, out, my God. Out, this door, out the door to, like, the consumer. Ten dollars an eighth, all day, every day. Wow! Yeah, we'd freaking cheap, and that's lab tested, like packaged, sealed, delivered, and you can buy it for ten dollars an eighth, good halfway across the state.
1: I mean, what was it? I mean, went a black market forty bucks an eighth.
0: Forty was- bucks an eighth? Shoot, you wanted good stuff. It was like sixty to seventy dollars an eighth. Yeah, is what I remember the highest being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has come quite a ways. Amazing. In just a short amount of time.
1: So when was the first time you smoked pot? Middle school.
0: I was like 11, 12, maybe. No shit, really. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, 11, 12, I smoked a joint.
0: Not a whole joint, obviously. I took like a hit off a joint and coughed my lungs out. It was pretty (laughs) embarrassing trying to to be cool with the other kids. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't really smoke until, again, until like kind of later, like junior high, and like end of junior high, early high school. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just purely socially, like, I'm at a party, I'm trying to be cool, smoke some weed. Mm -hmm. And then I just loved it. (laughs) I loved
1: it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you start smoking, that's pretty young. I was 16. Okay. Hopefully mom's not listening. That's still pretty uh, young. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's 16. What is amazing is just the transformation of marijuana within the last... uh, decade. How, when, when, now, what's the the law 502?
0: Yeah, initiative 502 is what in passed Washington in Washington State. State. And that's been 10 years now, hasn't it? No, it's been like six, I think. Five, six. It was legalized in 2012, I believe. Okay. And like the first year of farms, gosh. And everything's such a blur. I blame marijuana for that, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah I believe it was like 2013 or 14 was the first like outdoor legal crop in Washington state aside from like medical, which was kind of more of a gray area. Huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like five or six years. Um, and it's just come, the crazy thing is I remember, so I was at grandma's house.
1: My, my mom. Yeah. Your mom. Yeah. Dolly. Dolly. Shout out
0: to Dolly cocaine. Um, AKA Mrs. Claus. AKA Mrs. Claus. Um, but yeah, I can remember sitting on her couch, and like her neighbors, like got raided by the DEA. No way! And they pulled out like marijuana plants from like the basement. It might not have been the DEA, but like they were raided with multiple cops. She made it sound like it was like this huge thing, which it probably was. But yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, the DEA
1: coming to your your neighbor is a yeah. big deal.
0: Yeah, and they're like shuffling marijuana plants out. And I remember like sitting there. Grandma didn't know what I did at that point, and she's just like <laughs> telling me how terrible these neighbors are for growing the wacky tobacco in, yeah. <laughs> that funny stuff right um and i'm just sitting there like in the back of my head like oh my gosh grandma i am doing the same damn thing and uh, you have no idea yeah uh, and then like two years later she walks out and to my like one acre cannabis farm and i take a picture with her next to like pot plants as big as her yeah and, like, just seeing, like, that transformation, I think it also helped that I'm, like, one of her favorite grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I'm one of her favorite children, too, yeah. so.
0: Um, <laughs> but that was, like, and in such a short period of time to, like, go from, you know, it being the devil to now she tells everybody what her grandson does. Mm-hmm. And, like, i sure she doesn't love it or... Wish that that was like what I did, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she's come a long ways. I don't think a lot of people have in in the state. That's kind of what's been crazy is just in the
1: world, really.
0: Yeah, I mean Canada. Oh yeah, legalized. Um,
1: um, geez, amazing. Israel. Yeah, it's kind of a global phenomenon, really. Yeah, that started. I mean, when I mean, uh, Colorado was the first one, wasn't it? The first state to say
0: Colorado and Washington State both same. passed same year. Okay, but so I Colorado looked- got all the press.
1: Yeah, they did. And and not only that, but I think, uh, I'll get into the weeds with that later. I'm talking about how it's organized, but, um, so legal legalization, uh, uh, in spite of federal prohibition, public support in the state for marijuana reform continued to grow in 2003. Seattle passed an initiative making adult, this is all from Wikipedia, marijuana position, the lowest priority in the law enforcement agencies in the city to come up past a similar initiative in 2011. Um, but when did this legalize I'm not quite seeing that um until december 6, twenty twelve yeah there you go so yeah it's been seven years i mean mm-hmm. this' we're, we're, this is january twenty seventh twenty nineteen we're talking so yeah yeah twenty twelve happy we, birthday <laughs> right
0: um yeah twenty twelve was yeah we started doing the the cannabis nights at the lounge in Ellensburg, and
1: okay, do Say the doing what at the lounge? Cannabis nights. Cannabis nights. Now talk, but talk about the lounge that you started. This is
0: yeah. So my business partner started at TJ, mm-hmm. and this is kind of how we. Had, I had met him a couple times at parties, like we had mutual friends, uh-huh. and then he was opening up a hookah lounge in Ellensburg, in a state where you cannot smoke anything indoors.
1: Right Right. So Cause tobacco.:
0: Yeah, because tobacco. Um, and so he worked the laws, and that's like kind of what he's always been really good at in our business relationship is he nerds out with the laws and finds loopholes and things like that. And yeah. so he started a private club where he could smoke tobacco in indoors, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and when it became legal in 2012, cannabis. Um, he started doing cannabis nights. There were like very vague laws when it got passed, you know, like they still had to go through and like kind of write extra code to like really have a legitimate rules and regulations for cannabis. So now, now you can't really do that legally in the state, but because there were no laws saying you couldn't, he was operated kind of in a gray area.
1: So it because, but, but the gray area is that you're a club, right? Yeah, like, we're
0: a club. And local law enforcement didn't know how to react to that. So they just kind of took a,
1: we'll see where this goes. And if mm-hmm. there were problems, then. Did you have problems? No, no. Well, so what was, did you get negative press or what was the, what was the, uh, the situation like in town because Ellensburg is what very uh, conservative, it's very conservative. But I'm thinking the size of it 15,000 people, 20,000?
0: Yeah. I think it's like honestly, it's like 15,000. And then when it's during school, it's like double that. Yeah, I
1: would say yeah, probably close, it's around there.
0: Yeah, um, it honestly was like pretty quiet, like you know, there were people that went, and most of the, his whole idea with opening up a hookah bar was somewhere yeah tj was it was somewhere for kids college students to go and hang out like and be able to go downtown Mm -hmm. before they were 21 Mm. you live in a small college town there's not much else to do other than drink
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so that was like that was kind of his like niche like that was his like kind of demographic that he kind of went after um, but then with the cannabis nights, it was really cool. So,
1: okay, so w- if you have like a, the with that hookah thing, well, you have to be eighteen in order to smoke. Yeah, eighteen. So, so it's
0: like you're targeting after like the eighteen to twenty. Oh, oh the in
1: betweeners. Yeah, I mean, they're, you're adult, but you're not old enough.
0: Yeah, you're not old enough to go to the bars. Yeah, and Ellensburg is like a bar town. You know, you, yeah, you hop, I mean, bar hop. That's I mean, that's what we did in college.
1: That's uh, what I still do. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. That was like kind of like your target demographic. And then, you know, after two o'clock, sometimes you'd stay open later and you get the really drunk people kind of coming in. Oh, down, yeah. <laughs> kind of has their nightcap. Um, but with cannabis nights, it was cool. I remember there was this guy who came in and he was just like so thankful that he was like, in my lifetime, I've been smoking for 40 years. I never thought I'd see the day yeah. marijuana was legalized. Right. Yeah, so it was kind of like, it kind of brought in like a, it's kind of interesting to see like the people who would come in and like feel comfortable smoking in the mm-hmm. semi-public setting. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't public, it was a private club, but mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, but you're, you're out you're, of your house, you're yeah, out of you're the basement. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people still to this day
1: are like closet smokers. Yeah. It's like, you know, same with me when I was actually a cigarette smoker as a closet smoker. Really? Oh, yeah. I smoked for years. I mean, I think I, all of my friends knew I smoked, but I rarely smoked in front of them. I mean, well, I would go, but it was really, I smoked like six cigarettes a day, but rarely in front of anyone. Hmm. Yeah, weird. That's that's my life then. But I mean, I mean, if you, you even today, I mean, I can see that because uh, of what could still happen. I mean, just recently and. I don't want to go too in the weeds in politics because that's a whole sticky wicket. I just want to know basically about the business. But I mean, just saying about the threats that are out there on the national, on the federal level is if the um, attorney general decides that marijuana is a crime nationally or whatever and wants to go after it. And I know that Jeff Sessions was doing that because seriously, it is against the law. That is his job is to enforce those laws. Whatever those laws are that's his job Mm -hmm. so uh, i i was like okay i get it i don't want him to to do this i think the marijuana legalization across the planet is a positive thing and so to see him say okay we're gonna start cutting down on this now i get it because interstate commerce with marijuana black market and then that is what is really where the bad element comes in yeah
0: um, no, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because the whole weed industry was just, I mean, there were memes and all sorts of like people were riled up about Jeff Sessions and it was kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah. Former, I should say former attorney general under, uh, president Trump. Uh,
0: yeah. But again, like things have happened so fast that there's, it's just like a
1: snowball rolling down a hill there's just really no stopping it at this yeah. point. I mean, when you have the country to your North who's uh, legalized uh, the longest uh, unprotected border on, on the planet and we get along with great even when we don't get along yeah you know <laughs> if we're good people here you know um, so
0: yeah and just more states keep coming on board so that it's I mean there's really no- yeah
1: you know there's what was the the latest state I, I, what's the one that just passed that just recently do you remember like the the uh, uh, states that passed that's uh, passed marijuana laws, like just guess, made it legal.
0: Like recreationally or medical?
1: Well, it's all started with medical. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it weren't for the medical, then we wouldn't have what we've got now because people saw, oh, they're actually, this is it's, helpful. Yeah. And those people aren't going crazy and robbing stores or whatever. You know, i just making that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny too because like I was really big into the whole medical thing, and that was like uh-huh. that was my cover, you know. It's like, well, but it's so helpful, and I just let's honestly, I just like to get high. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, it has been cool, especially like we started in the medical world, and it's like I'd take, I'd deliver marijuana to our t- our main clients were like fifty to seventy year old. No women. kidding.
1: Yeah. Really. 50 to 70-year-olds, why? For what was, I mean, you did this for medical reasons. For medical reasons, yeah. And what, uh, was there a major, like, could could you say that they're predominantly the people who smoke pot for an ailment had this type of ailment? Um, A
0: lot of, like, I mean, I never, I'm not a, i am not I was never a pharmacist. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of where the whole medical thing, it's like, with marijuana was, was, no one's really like a medical doctor prescribing you certain strains. There was never like this strain is going to help with MS or this strain is going to help with right, It's not, pain. It's, it's not science it's, fact it, at all. It, it was, there way. was
1: no science it's behind all so it. It was just like. Anecdotal, really. Huh?
0: Yeah. So I never really got too in depth with why they were using medical marijuana. Hmm. Some people, you know, would. They have a medical card, you well, deliver it. Exactly. Mm. Some people would like voluntarily tell me why they were using it if I had any like recommendations. And I'd try really hard not to give too much of a recommendation. I guess I'd like point you like sativa, indica. I would take like, well, I have a lady who has MS and she likes our lemon haze. It helps her MS. Great. Like she, that's basically the
1: only weed she bought from us. Mm. And lemon haze is a sativa or an indica? Yes, yeah, sativa. Okay, uh, and quickly, so just so people don't know that might be listening, so a sativa. What do you tell me? What is a sativa? And what is an indica?
0: I'd say your sativa is your more uplifting, kind of a head high, and your indicas are more of a body high, more sedative. I call it indica like indica couch because you're not going to get up.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but, she, but there are hybrids and things like that. Yeah, like, well, it's it's all very subtle like both yeah Yeah, and that's where like the
0: whole like indica and sativa is really non-existent the more that science comes out you know people are talking about terpenes and the different flavors and terpenes that like a plant has will give you different effects so they're finding that like you can have like a this indica is really has the same terpenes or similar terpenes as a sativa Hmm. so it's it's a whole nother rabbit hole yeah but for The average consumer, it's easier to just kind of be like Indica hybrids, Tiva. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how the way the world works right now.
1: Right. Okay. So you've got these, uh, all these different strains. And so uh, yeah. you don't, so when they're talking about medical. There's a lot of more. There's a lot more science that has to happen, huh?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. they just. I mean, you have to have uh, blind trials and like this. This type of Yeah. You know, what? Do, what's it? What is it going to be distilled into? When it becomes that pill form that gets manufactured.
0: Yeah, and like as you like heat up cannabis, it changes the compounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like called decarboxylizing. So like, when you make edibles, like if you were to eat a raw nug that's mm-hmm. never been heated up, you will you won't get high. But when you heat it up, that's like, ma- that's what makes it psychoactive. So yeah, as like you're, there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like, really, there was never like any like, well, you have MS, so I'm going to give you this strain. It was mm-hmm. just kind of, I'd tell them like what other people want, worked for them and it's kind of how the industry was. Mm. And really, I think, the reason our like main demographic was middle to older age women was because we were professional. Like we had we were on Leafly, which is like a internet database. Yeah, Most I call people, it Leaf
1: Fly. If you call it Leaf Fly, you know exactly how to spell it.
0: Okay. I've just always heard Leafly. Yeah, I've know. heard
1: Leafly too, but I call it Leafly because if people want to talk about, because Leafly is basically a website that will, you put in whatever the name of the strand of marijuana is and it will I mean, tell you a whole bunch of information gathered from out people who have used it. Yeah. And it's a very useful, very uh, web, <laughs> cool website.
0: Yeah, and it like got it started out as, well, at least to my knowledge as like a way for dispensaries to like show their menus on the internet.
1: Oh and yeah. Then
0: like in the medical world, you'd log on to Leafly. Hey, I'm in like the Seattle area. Where can I go get my quote unquote medicine? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, so we had a, a Leafly account and mm-hmm. we'd put our menu up there and we would keep it updated with whatever strains we had. And then, like, you know, so the old ladies would call us, and we'd show up in a uniform, and we were very professional. What was your uniform? We had polos. So we had, like, black polos, and then they had, like, our first dispensary was called New Leaf. Um, we had that. Good in- name. Thanks. Um, yeah, we had, like, the logo. I designed the logo to make it look more professional, and then we'd have, like, our name, and then, like, our title in our collective, mm-hmm. which is kind of how it operated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we show up with like a backpack and a uniform and this old lady like lets us into her house and we'll- This is a customer old lady. Yeah. Yeah. A customer Mm -hmm. and a medical patient and we'd check their medical authorization and we'd sign them in to our collective and then they'd be able to see the product and then they'd buy it and then we'd sign them out of our collective and we'd go to the next house.
1: A collective? yeah oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of how it was you ha- you could have up to like 15 plants per patient, and if you had a collective of like more than multiple people to pool the funds together to be able to grow a crop indoors because lights are very expensive to operate, you could have up to 45 plants per collective, and you would be the grower for that. and I was the grower for that, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, We're kind I of wanna jumping. Know. That's that's all right. I mean, it's a it's a conversation. Yeah. I mean, if any, this is not an interview. I mean, I did sit there like yesterday. I sat down like, okay, I took an hour. Like, I got to think of some stuff to ask you, because uh, you know, you can have a conversation. But I really wanted to talk to you about marijuana and growing marijuana and in that because I mean you're steeped into it, and this is this is a topic everybody is interested in. I'm interested in. I know I know very you know tangentially um, what's going on. But I mean, you're an insider dude. Yeah. So, uh, so when you, so when did you first start growing marijuana?
0: Well, I had a failed experience and like just out of high school in my closet. I don't know. My mom never really knew about that. She might have i don't know okay it, uh, yeah it never really went anywhere it's it, we're not worried about the past i got i got a seed to sprout you know that's about it okay and where'd um, you get
1: the seed because that i mean you seeds are not easy to get if you can't get. not
0: anymore
1: you got a bag with, with a bunch of freaking seeds in it oh man oh yeah the ditch weed yeah mexican, mexican breakweed oh. yeah
0: red bud yeah i'm um, I, paid, I feel blessed to, like, have paid, smoked that. I
1: paid $40 for that.
0: Yeah, it was like, I'd get an ounce for, like, 50 bucks, and it was just oh. shit. We called it blunt weed because you had to have, like, a tobacco
1: to, like, oh, mask it. Oh, maybe that's how it all started. Maybe. Maybe blunts like that. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> Right. okay.
0: Yeah, so I didn't even, like, I never got, like, green weed, and like, to, like, my senior year in high school.
1: Damn, if you got it, and if it was green, it was crunchy.
0: Shoot, when I got it green, it was like wet, and they're like, "Oh, this is the dang! It's so sticky!" And now it's like, "Dude, I spent so much on water weight." <laughs> like, screw you, man. <laughs> but yeah, so my first seeds were out of like Mexican brickweed.
1: Um, we'll try them, yeah.
0: And then, like, I
1: did you have a light with it, or you just put it in the closet? I thought you like, got some sun sign. I like put it
0: in the window and like. Then I'd like hide it when my mom would get home. Well, you can see why it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of problems, but. Yeah. But you
1: know, experimental. you know how it is. Yeah. And then
0: when I like moved to Ellensburg was when I started growing weed because I got a medical marijuana authorization, which was basically an insurance policy with the police department. I was able to grow up to 15 plants, which was not not my intention. Yeah. Myself.
1: That's a lot of plants.
0: Yeah, it really is. You really don't... At first, I thought you needed that many, but now it's like, dude, you don't need that much. No. Like, you need four plants, and that's plenty to be self-sufficient. That's yeah, more... You'll have
1: more than you can use. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, that's more than I would use in a very long time.
0: Yeah. Um, and I did not intend to grow marijuana. That mm-hmm. was, like, not my intention. It was just purely so I could have... I could have up to 24 ounces of marijuana on me wherever in the state. Mm-hmm. Except for like, I couldn't have it like schools, things like that, you know? Um, but 24 ounces, that's a pound and a half of marijuana. Oh, God.
1: Okay. And right now, the law is you it's illegal for you to own or have on your person an ounce more than an ounce. More than an ounce. You, yeah. can't, you can't own it more than an ounce, right? Correct. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. So it was just, I didn't have to, I could have weed on me, I could get pulled over, and the cop would not be able to, like,
1: no shit. Really? I
0: didn't realize that. Get me in trouble for it.
1: But you had um, to get but you had to get your medical had to get your medical how did you, you get that? What is what is your authorization for? How did you what did you I do? said
0: I had back pain and I gave him two hundred
1: dollars? <laughs> no shit really. I mean,
0: it was so ridiculous. There's the
1: You gave two hundred dollars to a doctor. To a doctor.
0: Yeah. And like so I drove to Seattle there like you wouldn't be able to do it wait
1: okay i, I know something about this i think in my head my, may, might be something different but my brain just went oh yeah I've, maybe i've heard it but go ahead and with your story sorry
0: yeah so there was called the the doctor company that had multiple doctors um a lot of them were like natural path practitioners it's called forevergreen group and you sign up online and say i need to make a doctor's appointment and then you go over there and you they half hazardly like take your vitals. You go in the, into a room. The doctor doesn't really do much. You tell him why you want medical marijuana and he writes you a prescription. And then you pay the front desk two hundred dollars for your
1: visit. For the ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's not it. It's not uh, when you say I paid him two hundred dollars. In my mind, I'm imagining like you just whip out a couple of hundies, and you just, yeah, you just hand it right to the dude. No, they've but got no, a front desk person. So there's a middle I, person that, in there, so yeah. makes it okay. Yeah, yeah there,
0: there there was an office lady. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was very
2: legitimate. <laughs> like, for your doctor thing, visit, but it good.
0: was like <laughs> okay, the whole the whole visit was like expedited like i mean it was just so fast and like boom next person boom next person yeah there like, was
1: kind of a fun, i i'm i'm not going to look it up and my memory is probably wrong on this but I, my brain is telling me that there was actually a thing when it became legalized doctors created this group on purpose to just give anyone who wants marijuana a, the, for whatever reason go get it mm-hmm. um, because they knew that it's not nearly as doesn't need to be nearly as controlled as it was.
0: Correct. Yeah, and um,
1: where was I the owner. Yeah. It's okay. So, yeah, I'm you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about the the doctors and uh how you got your license yeah. your um, medical. Was it was it a, what did you call it? Was, it? was it called a medical license? We called it a
0: green card, but green card. you know, being in central Washington, people would associate that with like a, work, a real green a, card, a, work, a real green card. Yeah, a working yeah. card. So there's always kind of there's jokes made about that, but um, <laughs> okay. yeah, I got it for insurance purposes. I two hundred bucks a year, and I don't have. And to, you can grow
1: it. Yeah, and you can grow it. Yeah. So my and a lot of it. Yeah. A uh, lot okay. Of it. Okay. Um, and and so this is and because you got that
0: because I got that. My roommate slash one of my oldest best friends, Travis, was like, "We should grow weed." You can grow up plants like let's do it. I was like, okay, you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was my and so like I was like green printing T-shirts at the time in our garage. Like we like sectioned off an area and set up like a little grow operation. And I bought a light and a couple things, fans. And he grew the first crop, and then after that, I he stopped,
1: I guess. And I started. Keep, I just kept, kept it going. And so the weed, it seems like, was more profitable than the t shirt business. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, well, which one's making money and which one's not making as much money? And I quickly dropped the t shirt thing and started growing weed. Yeah. Um, and for a while, I still had a full time day job. And yeah, 2000, we started growing in 2011. Mm-hmm. And did that for like a year. And then TJ from the lounge said, there's a business here. And so he kind of pushed me to do it more seriously, I guess.
1: Okay. So you basically went from getting your medical, from your, uh, your um, green card to growing weed for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's didn't you hate waiting around for a drug dealer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're always on
1: their own time. Yeah. They don't need to be on yours. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll be in, I'll be there in 15 minutes, and two hours later, you're like, "Bro, where are you?" Yeah. So
1: the guy's high. He forgot. Yeah, he forgot. Time's different, and so then you start growing for yourself, and then is the then where does the collective? Well, what's the timeline there between the the Dude, lounge? So like,
0: fast. So like 2010, the lounge opened, and that's okay, like so the same time I graduated from Perry Tech for graphics, and that's how I got really involved with TJ. Was I? branded his lounge i like painted murals inside and i did his logo and then i like work a couple nights a week for him so he could have a couple days off um and with a hookah lounge naturally smokers like to go there and people who smoke hookah some of them smoke marijuana also Mm -hmm. and so he just got people would ask him to buy weed from him and he was like People ask me for marijuana. There's a business here. He's like an economics major. And he, so he supplied people with what they wanted.
1: Yeah. So then it was, a, then is that the, when the collective started? Was it after the? No. So like
0: 2010, he opened the lounge. 2011, it was kind of like winter time. He like opened it. 2011, it might have opened. And I started growing weed that time. for okay. Like a year maybe. Okay. And like a year into it. He like approached me and was like, Let's really do this and start a collective and Okay.
1: So your association and I said yes. <laughs> So your association with growing marijuana is through TJ and starting it as yourself in your own home um, for the medical purposes and then getting with him and saying, Hey, there's a business here. People need a supply mm-hmm. basically. even for their medical needs. Yeah. Whatever, and whatever like their a, green card, whatever medical quote unquote. Yeah, a slight
0: more and then yeah, like, and then it's like, Well, how much do you want to break the law? Um, you know, or, well,
1: you know, it's not, you're not breaking the law. I mean,
0: no, but there was like this gray area exactly. where we felt yeah. comfortable operating. Mm-hmm. Like we had both like sold weed for side money. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you just, before you know, legalization, before legalization, before we had medical cards, like we were young kids in college and he used to sell some weed. Wasn't that uncommon. No, there's um,
1: Yeah. And thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, then so like a year into it, we got more serious and like started growing more weed and he got his card and our buddy got his card so we could have 45 plants. My God.
1: How much room does that take?
0: That's, it depends on your grow style. Like I had a full garage with 45 plants in it, like, but they were like six feet, feet tall. Oh, um, 600, 600 square feet.
1: And he had 45 plants. Yeah. Okay.
0: um. Then later on, that quickly became to like ninety nine plants because once you break a hundred plants, your risk outweighs the reward.
1: Okay, and and what here is uh, at least it, it did then. Yeah, you know, well, I, it, yeah, still actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're
0: looking at like twenty years with federally.
1: Wow. So, so. Um, okay, the um, growing the pla- so when is it considered a Plant. This is kind of a gray area here. What I think when you what what do they actually call it? It's now. If it if it's a seed in dirt, is that a plant? When does it become a plant?
0: That was the vague part of the medical industry. In recreational world, I don't have to have a plant tagged as a plant until it's eight inches tall. In medical, I want to say if there were roots developed on the plant, that was a plant. So like. Once it popped roots, like, once your clones would pop roots, like, boom, it's a plant. So, you, there were times where it's like, well, you have a bunch of clones that all have roots. So, yeah, it was just.
1: Okay, so. But there's a,
0: that ahead. was like where there wasn't a whole lot of, like, written code mm-hmm. to, for officers to abide by. So, that's where, like, when you see raids and they blow the numbers out of proportion, it's mm-hmm. like, they don't really know what they're enforcing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of laws out there.
1: Yeah, and 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 yeah,
0: and it was such a new thing. Like, uh, we li- I literally had officer like I got I got cited at a park one time for smoking marijuana. This is roughly the same time frame, right after I got my card, and I was smoking weed at the park with a couple of my buddies. They did not have medical cards, and we all got cited a ticket. It was like, I think it just had a court date on it, hmm. and summons. Yeah. And I handed the guy my medical paperwork. He took my medical paperwork to his car along with all of my weed, my pipe, my grinder, my lighter. Like, I had like a little to go bag of goodness, goodness paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. And he just took it. And I was like, well, what the hell? I have this freaking card. He handed me a ticket. The only evidence I have of that ticket is somewhere on my computer. I have a picture like smiling in the park with my marijuana ticket. I was ready to frame (laughs) it. Like, dude, this is awesome. And
1: who has that? got okay, yes, so. to find that. Okay, yes. So I'll find it. Um, I interrupted.
0: But anyways, like five, ten minutes later, he comes back, hands me my marijuana and says, "I'm going to need that ticket back." So he wrote me a ticket, went to his car, called like the prosecuting attorney, or, and they yeah. said we don't want to touch this yeah. issue. And so he handed me my marijuana back and said he Needs the ticket back. And that was the end of it. But, so for 200 bucks.
1: But the other guys got tickets. Oh, yeah.
0: The other guys got tickets. It was like $600 in court fines.
1: $200 insurance, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, your green card coming back. Yeah, and
0: they had to do like 30 hours of community service or something out of it. <gasps> so it saved me quite a bit. Worth it. Worth it. Um, yes, yeah, so that was kind of like probably one of the best. Where it's about having a medical marijuana card.
1: <laughs> yeah, just a uh, no,
0: mar- no officer has ever handed me marijuana back. Before yeah, think that, think about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, think about that.
0: And it was illegal still. Like that yeah. was just medical days. There was no recreational.
1: And, and think about it too. That much pot, and you just get a ticket. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so just automatically, you're going to jail, buddy. Have this much weed. You're selling, right? Well, I,
0: little did he know I was. <laughs> mm. But yeah.
1: So then you got the, you've got this collective going, mm-hmm. and uh, so how do what is this?
0: So like the collectives we started out like wholesale, like we'd sell it like,
1: and this is before legalization, before legalization. Before like, legalization, this is medical. This days. Came. this is
0: like 2011, 2012. Like right as like we only had like a medical dispensary for like two years before it like was recreationally legal, uh-huh. and we didn't start like going and. Taking phone calls and like selling it by the gram to the consumer. At first, we just huh. would sell like quarter pounds or a pound here, a pound there. Until we really like started to have a lot of weed pile up, and it was like we got to figure out some way to do this. <laughs> and we had just like graduated, and it was, dude, the, the job market sucked in 2010 and 11. Like, you want to like you finished college and everyone's like oh yeah i finished college now i'm gonna automatically get this fallen six-figure job and yeah. then well little do kids know when you graduate college that is not reality mm-hmm. and you don't just get this golden chair job right out of college what right yeah so that's where it was like we might as well just create our own job mm-hmm. and that's kind of like how so then i like quit my day job at that point when we had a pile of weed and I was like, I'll just start answering phone calls. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time the phone rang, I was like, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) I don't know who this is. (laughs) You know, before it's like, you know, you sell some weed, but like you always knew who it was on the other end of the line. Yeah, This was like, we had just put our menu up online and well, the, we put a phone number there, and I got, a, <laughs> I got a burner phone. And now I just got a call. Like, is this the cops? Oh, my God, I'm paranoid. Like, yeah. I didn't, It. Too, I was Weird, like. you're paranoid. Yeah, right? <laughs> Standing in a house full of weed and just, and the phone rang. <laughs> they want
1: it. And a burner phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, the little Nokia, yeah. the little burner phones. Yeah. Those just, were great.
1: Just pay them another 10 bucks. You got another, how many, aren't they on uh, minutes or something? Less?
0: Yeah, we had like so many minutes a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Great. They're awesome. Yeah, it worked, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then like that was the first, the first phone call and I did, I did all the growing and then I did all the deliveries for like two, three months and then TJ quit his FedEx job. So he was delivering packages at FedEx and then he was delivering marijuana for his own. <laughs> he just kept the whole Wow, that makes thing
1: sense. Going. Yeah, well, you know, he's got the skill.
0: Yeah, he knew the area really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then, since then, we've both been fully self-employed for like five, six years now.
1: And so, what was how you, what was the name of your company? So after you get the the, you've got the uh, new day, no new leaf, new leaf, new leaf, and then
0: then like we had kind of a falling out with a third person. Mm-hmm. Um, really, just different viewpoints on where we wanted to go, and the, uh-huh. he wanted to just sell weed and then go live in Thailand for three months then come back, grow a little bit of weed, sell it, and then go back to Thailand and party it away. And TJ and I were just like, we quit our jobs. We are doing this successfully and we want to make careers out of this. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. what else am I going to do? I don't know. Sit behind a desk all day? That doesn't sound fun. Mm. So we had kind of this falling out and then we started our own a second dispensary called Rodeo City Meds out of Ellensburg. And then wow. We, that funded a lot of our like construction build-out of our recreational farm, which was kind of cool. Like, we would sell weed to other farms before like they got operational because with legalization, you had to have your whole farm security system set up. Like, Everything's operational before you can start growing marijuana. So we were operating hmm.
1: a medical company while we built our recreational company. Cause you know now how to, to grow it on yeah. a, on a, like how many, like with the Rodeo City Med, so many plants were you growing there? Um, not, it was kind of
0: like a weird time. We had like our falling out. We like had to like tear grow houses down, mm-hmm. like. We had one house blown out with twenty five one thousand watt light bulbs so a, a house like a physical house a physical house okay. like we had fifteen light operation in the garage. both bedrooms were blown out with like a seven light grow room and then we had like another four light grow room and then I lived in the living room, like kind of <laughs> built a partition, and like my bed was in the living room the, How many
1: rooms in this house?
0: There were two rooms and a garage, and then we had an apartment that was Two bedroom apartment that was actually turned into a studio apartment because both bedrooms were grow rooms. Ah, um, so yeah that that third partner he kind of stole two crops at night the night before we we're going to harvest. Really? Yeah, that's the ugly side of the marijuana world. People are not always the most don't have the most integrity, I guess. Really? Yeah. So at the,
1: he at the time, or is that wait, still what you're finding today? Oh, we, I still find that today. Really, not a lot of integrity. Yeah. Interesting. It's,
0: it's a, as a consumer, consumers these days are just so used to everything like right now. Like, yeah. I want it now and I want it perfect and there better be no flaws. And if something's wrong with this, I'm going to throw a little bitch fit. And, and get it for free. Get it for free because... And, and,
1: you, had, and, you, don't, and you don't want the product back, so you're not yeah. going to pay for shipping back. Yeah. Just throw it away.
0: Yeah, and so like most consumers, and I was just like this too, like you don't see the behind the scenes. It's like you go into a restaurant and your hostess and your waitress are what represent the back house, right? You don't, you don't really, very few restaurants, you walk through the kitchen, Right, so Mm -hmm. like, it's just like that in like any industry. Like, there's the back half of the industry, and there's like what you see as Mm -hmm. a consumer. You're walking into a store, you're seeing this label, and you believe everything it says. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And lo and behold, there are a lot of companies that are lying to you. What every day, (laughs) right? And like, you don't like THC numbers right now.
1: Oh yeah. So and and. Okay, go ahead and finish your thought, and then we'll talk about what THC is. Go ahead. Okay. Um, THC numbers.
0: Yeah, that's a printed on a
1: label. Like, how is that determined? Through a lab. And but THC is stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. That's the stuff that gets you high in marijuana. That right? is a psychoactive. Okay. That's a psychoactive drug, and now so there, there's a number on them. Yeah, it's the so the like a, a percentage.
0: So mm. like. I've seen some dirt weed with percentages of like thirty percent THC, which is uh, that's top should be like top shelf high grade cannabis. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, dude, that's no way that's accurate, you know. And there's been this whole thing with like labs are not being truthful on their numbers, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. I've heard of people saying, yeah, well, you can slip them like an extra hundred bucks, and they'll give you whatever you want.
1: Oh, well, yeah, kind of like getting your green card.
0: Yeah. Just, like, yeah, not much has changed, right? Yeah. Um, But, so, like, being in the industry, you can see, and it
1: happens more so with, like, what type of weed it is. Is that you think maybe that has to do because of, with how it was underground for so long in the black market, so you always wanted to upsell your product better than what it was, so you could charge more. I think it's still kind of that kind of mentality because the, I oh, mean yeah. it hasn't been that long.
0: Yeah, because consumers are numbers hoers. They see this number on a package, and it's like I just want the highest THC percentage. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, THC isn't the only factor in cannabis that like dictates how high you're gonna get or mm-hmm. like that's where like terpenes and flavors and they can dictate how you're going to feel the effects of THC. Mm-hmm. And that can like greatly make like, you can have a lower THC that will feel stonier than like a higher THC. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, yeah, people are just ignorant.
1: Well, you know, it's, yeah. And then you would think that the, they would, there would be more education for the consumer because, well, you can't advertise it. You know, so...
0: There's just high restrictions on advertisement. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so, um... But,
0: yeah, so, like, there's the whole front house, and there's, like, the back house of the industry, and, like, being in it, you can see just people will change names because, well, I want... I want Mimosa OG cookies, and, like, that... Because of that name that weed is going to fly off the shelf because people think it's like
1: this. Yeah, what's that one? There's one, uh, Girl Scout Girl Cookies. Girl Scout
0: Cookies is a big one. Um, and everyone loves it. Yeah. Um, it's great. Like, if you're a connoisseur, you'll be able to know if it's cookies
1: or not. A lot of people don't know it's not cookies, you know, from different... But then you've got all kinds of things that are calling themselves cookies after that. You've got mm-hmm. whatever name it, cookies in it someplace. Yeah. And cookies a, OG.
0: Yeah, so people are just like renaming things... move their product there's Mm -hmm. an oversupply and it's not as bad as oregon but yeah it's kind of it's been an eye-opener for me just like being so immersed in an industry to that like you know there's other things going on in other industries Mm -hmm. because of what you're seeing in your industry
1: to explain that i'm not you, oh oh! Um, i see you like you're comparing like oh, you yeah. see what's going on here oh i see what's going on yeah <laughs> with other like, with other business you, yeah organizations.
0: like i'm sure like the alcohol industry or oh yeah you know sure. all
1: sorts of think things about are, how they advertise to people
0: yeah you buy into the marketing of things mm-hmm. so i don't know it's it's been eye-opener and i think it's been Consumers have like pushed the pace on what they expect out of cannabis farms, but it's Mm. been really difficult being in the industry. It's like people don't understand what it takes to go from starting a business to like the full spectrum of like now putting product in front of you with a label stamped, like lab tested, approved. Here you go. And people are so picky. I don't think they really understand what really goes into starting a legal industry overnight yeah (laughs) it takes time and it takes time for businesses to like build their integrity or just like prove themselves to the consumer Mm -hmm. you know and like you're starting something if you were to start like building tables your first few tables would not be the best tables right like you're going to improve over time Mm -hmm. and i think consumers just expect everything perfect from the very beginning
1: Yeah. If you're going to go and I'm being a consumer, if I'm going to go someplace and buy that product, I expect the product to be perfect off the shelf. I Mm -hmm. expect it to work as it says it will, you know, or do what I want it to do within its parameters. I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, I don't know, uh, forget the example, but you get the idea that whatever it is, I'm going to use it. And if it's within its terms of operation, I expect it to work perfectly. Yeah. Every Uh, time. Right. For years. (laughs) forever
0: (laughs) yeah and they they just like don't there's a lot of like like packaging things you know like we'll get emails of suggestions and it's like then we have to like cite the code and like write back and say well that is a great idea but because of the code like we can't have tear notches on our bags if you buy marijuana if you buy marijuana concentrates in a store with like or edibles and there's tear notches in like your seal on the bag that is illegal they're breaking the law every bag they send out like that because some companies do it consumers think that all companies can do it so then they're like well i'd really love it if you guys had tear notches in it it'd make it easier to open it's like well that's the point because it's child proof child proof but you know so like things like that that people just don't understand and then like they want special things and it's like well in actuality we can't legally do that Hmm. so there's just Annoyances dealing with kind of consum- just basic consumerism these days.
1: Oh, it, and I wouldn't say it's these days. I mean, it's...
0: Probably been happening. I'm it's has been
1: happening for a long time. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, customer tantrums are not new.
0: Yeah. Since yeah,
1: retail true. in the United States became a thing, I don't know. We are very, we're very consumerist culture. And so the consumer is a lot of pull.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a consumer, I mean, look at just... Uh, the How businesses are We want Think of Amazon I want it cheap I want it delivered to my door And I want it in two days Yeah think In Seattle where the warehouse is You can order it in the morning You have it in the afternoon
0: Yeah and then how cheap stuff is getting And, and cheap like, cheap, cheaply cheap. made, but the reason it's cheaply made is because consumers want it for nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Retail business is horrible. Yeah. For You know, I worked in the grocery industry for a long time, and you know grocery stores are not raking in the money there the depends on the grocery store your margin your margin your profit margin is 1% so that's nothing that's a penny Yeah, this, this so was much back volume. It, or it could even be less now i don't know but because you make a penny uh, on things like there was i remember having a meeting one time where one the district managers came in he says okay from now on we're going to have like little candies on the checkout stand and Goes. Make sure you mention it to customers. You've got these new things, and it's only a penny or two cents or something like that. She goes, "Well, why do we want to do that? Why? It's only two cents." He goes, "Hey, (laughs) we operate on a one percent margin. So every time you sell one dollar, we get a penny, and that's nothing. You know, clothing industry is what five, six hundred percent markup.
0: Yeah, and or more. I don't know. I guess that's that's like opened my eyes too. Is just like how." How do people put out a product like like a stapler? You have to have a custom mold made for that stapler? yeah and then like Plastic that mold, thing yeah. has to get made, shipped, transported, probably shipped again, and then sold. and like each company is making such a small margin. That's where we had to go and start like a bee line, old McDonald's. People wanted cheap wheat.
1: Oh, you know, it's like yeah.
0: for me to be able to profitably put out weed at this price, the quality has to drop, and people don't, I guess, understand that, and they want like the best quality for the cheapest price for the cheapest price. Yeah,
1: well, they totally understand it. <laughs> 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 Sounds like they get it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: they want to steal, um, yeah, a steal of a deal. And
1: so, and then if you, and then so that product is selling well.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It, Flies off the
1: shelf. Well, then give the people what they give, want. Yeah, exactly. You know?
0: So that's where we've gone and, like, for our cheap weed, we buy it and package it and sell it. Oh, yeah, you buy it from somebody else. Yeah, we buy it from other farms. So not every farm has a processing license in Washington State. So some farms oh. are strictly farms. They'll, like, some farms just grow it and then they'll sell it wet weight. Like a company will come in and cut the plants down, weigh them wet, and ship them off in a U haul. Um, other other farms will like grow it, dry it, cure it and then sell it in five pound bags farms like ours will clone it, grow it dry it, cure it package it and sell it to the store or we'll buy it from another farm package it and sell it to a store and that's like our cheap line Hmm. just the less you like touch it the less you have to make per
1: unit. So you've got, so instead, you're not just a farm.
0: No, we're a processing company also. Wow.
1: So that's, that's good. So, you know, from, you get it from both the whole, you can charge through the whole line yeah. from grow to sell mm-hmm. and not have to deal. You deal, you're basically your own distributor. Yeah. Because you, there are no wholesale distributors anywhere yet for marijuana. Or are there? <laughs> uh, there, there are there are a couple out there. Really? Um,
0: yeah, and like Oregon has done a little bit better job of that. Um, that like my, trans- I'm, the, I'm like
1: blinking it, like really? Like so? Okay, can I go on? Um, yeah. Away. So
0: originally there was only three licenses you could have: grower, processor, retailer. And you three. cannot. Yeah, and you cannot have all three. You cannot be mm-hmm. vertically integrated in Washington State. Right. People have tried by putting one of the businesses in like a sister, brother, child, mom's name. and Oh, yeah. But the LCB Liquor and Cannabis Board, who... Liquor and Cannabis Control Board in Washington, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is LCCB. Yeah. But yeah, they're the ones who regulate, and they do find those things out. I've like heard oh. of companies having to like sell because they found and out they that they fudged were it. Like vertically integrated mm. through an umbrella company things like that. See, and that's where you're getting like those corporate style Oh, yeah. It's, it's
1: corporate. The, uh, yeah, international corporations. Whoa, let's, okay, yeah. so anyway. They're there. They're yeah. there. Oh, fuck. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, so there, originally there were those only three licenses. Mm-hmm. Since then, they've allowed like a transporting license to be acquired. Mm-hmm. And those are basically just like sprinter vans and the company will come in and like, you give them so I say I was gonna wholesale to another processor. Mm. Like I could just 200 pounds going to X company, and then they'd come in, grab like the paperwork, the manifests, all of that. Like everything's barcoded, tracked. The transport company would pick it up, take it to their warehouse, and I believe a transport company can hold it for like 24 to 72 hours, something like that, before they like tri- fully deliver it to the next place. So that way you're not just driving all over the state. I'm so basically, it's, but,
1: but they're not really a wholesaler. I mean, you can't go to their website and pull weed no, from no, no, different no, no, places. They're no, basically a, a those distributor.
0: Are, yeah, there's like distributors. Okay, um, okay. Some of them will like kind of offer like, you know, if they're delivering to a store. And like We've like made some deals where like they've, there was one transport company who got us into another store like as kind of a salesman gig. Um, mm -hmm, They were, mm -hmm. they're no longer in business. But that was kind of their model. They're wanting to like build relationships with stores and like kind of be like a
1: distribution company. Distribution, which is massive. And look at Budweiser, massive distribution.
0: Yeah. Um, In Oregon, there's a distributor's license. And like that way, like one company can be like a sales rep and go and like represent you know 20 different companies or mm-hmm, brands mm-hmm. just like any other industry um just like the alcohol industry yeah so it's like there's things like that that are progressing forward and making the industry like kind of larger and more legitimate
1: did you hear about this thing that i just i looked it up yesterday and i, I wanted to ask you about it did you hear about this thing where they're talking about letting uh pot farms um uh, uh, have people smoke on uh, the farm itself I'm serious. I, in I've got Washington? A, in Washington State. Yeah, they, this was uh, in uh, Cannabis S- News yesterday or something like that. I've got a Zach question. So, uh, mm, let's see, here it is. Um, yeah, I, uh, the Washington State is considering allowing small cannabis farmers the ability to sell pot directly to consumers. consumers. Kind of like what breweries, wineries, and distillers do now. And that's according to the website Marijuana Business Daily. Yeah. It came out, I think it was Friday.
0: Yeah, we were just at a liquor and cannabis meeting um, in Spokane a couple weeks ago, and that was one of the they'll, like, hold hearings where the public or industry people can go and, like, on record say, this is what we're advocating for, this is what we want to see, laws changed, or whatever. So it's all new. Like, the state passed this law, and it's like, well, now we have to, like, regulate this. It's a whole new industry. And Washington and Colorado were the first to go. And it's like, you know, other states are able to like kind of piggyback off of like what we've created, but there was, there was no handbook. And it's like, Oh, you legalize marijuana. This is how you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. So the
0: state had to like figure out how are we going to legitimately do this and not get in trouble by the federal government.
1: And I think um, the way um, they did it, well, the kind of paralleled, or took uh, ideas from when uh, uh, alcohol became legalized again, because why you can have like counties, there are dry counties, dry counties yeah. um, where you don't have to have it. So they kind of modeled it after that. And then I think the idea was, okay, make it tight. Whoever, whoever put this law together, is pretty good. Uh, the 502 law um, to keep it tight and then kind of expand it once we really know what's, what's going to happen. You know, when you let the, the genie out of the, the lamp. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, there's problems you know, it didn't, it wasn't this like smooth sailing yeah, no, still industry. Not. It's still no. not, you know, so there's always revi- revising laws and changing code and, you know, there's like your, your laws and then there's your code and they're different and there's more like Washington codes than there are really like, yeah. So it's like for us to like operate, we just need to know the laws. Yeah. Well, then there's like You know, when you're, it's like setting something up to like, you're going to build something. And the first time you do it, you may have to run to the store to get like more supplies because you forgot something. (laughs) That's every
1: home improvement project. It's not a home improvement project until you go to the the home improvement store three times. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it's the same way. They're like, you know, they set this code and well, you have to abide by this code. And until you can like change the code, it has to be done this way. Yeah. Um
1: forget where we're going with that but the code and, uh, and it doesn't have to be this way we're just talking about the law in general and how you know it's actually pretty good but there's changes like the, the yeah that are constantly so being would, made and how many plants do, do you have now because they're talking this this new thing says small farmers what is considered a small farm and how, what are the different sizes and well I think that was just like a buzzword they threw in small there? all farms are small I mean let's get
0: real like you can have yeah you know, what's you, big Yeah. Big has not been done yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about... Israel is big.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like that, like, they're on, like, big agriculture scale. Oh, really? Um, Massive greenhouses. Even, like, massive greenhouses, there are none because there's so much regulation. And it's it's good. That's what is great about Washington State is in their code and their laws, they have helped the small farmer by not allowing overproduction by, like, large corporations. So they've, like, really a lot of people bitch, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they've made it possible for people like me and my business partner to, at 25 years old, start our own company and be able to compete with people with millions of dollars. So it's kind of been great the way they've set it up, and I think Washington hasn't gotten enough credit for how they've done things
1: well they they did but you so but you had some problems because right so you've got your pot grow on this farm in ellensburg Mm -hmm. but there's an issue what was like from the beginning was it tough to get in there but i mean there's a one major issue that they basically kicked you out yeah said get out of here um where do you want to start with that story oh man so you've got, we let, oh, let well, me help you. growing
0: so you, marijuana in a Republican town is not the best idea.
1: Well, and that conservative of a Republican <laughs> yeah. town.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Where do you start? Um, okay. so, the, so the first is like, yeah, the state set this thing up and they're allowing counties to be dry. That is like what is killing the cannabis industry right now. There's like Franklin County banned, Yakima County just shut down over 20 farms because those farms opened in a county that had a ban the whole time. Four or five years later, now the county is finally shutting them down. I've learned government does not work fast. Um, (laughs) But so yeah, the state set it up. Counties can be dry and make their own revised code on top of the state code. So however the county wants to deal with it, however they want to zone it, and this is like where I... I started growing weed, but I've learned so much about everything else besides just growing weed. But yeah. I never thought I would like zoning code and, <laughs> yeah. and how much like you can, yeah. how much, how much the government can, has control over the people based solely off of zoning and like where you can do things where you can't do things. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I don't want to dive into it, but that's how they can control like keep like races divert, like, separated and, I mean, back into the day, like, there used to be like
1: HOA codes and you couldn't but then, be like... A, but zoning is also good. I mean... It's also good, yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to have like, you know... You a, don't want to have a pot shop next to a school. Uh, or, or I'm thinking like, you know, an auto paint store next to a bakery.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'd be some... Bad combo. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the state allowed counties to kind of make their own code on top of what the state did and... We were in a situation where we had to get a conditional use permit, which basically says, "Here's like all the th- hoops you have to jump through," and but in point, order to get a farm, in order to like build your farm or have license, county license for your farm, county
1: license. So it's not city.
0: If we were in the county, but if you were in the city, oh, oh right, so okay. Like, okay. So the you're city out, has different. You're outside codes. of Ellensburg in the county. Yes, yeah, like okay it's like Ellensburg had its code Mm -hmm. and then the county has its code. Mm -hmm. Just like in Yakima County, city of Yakima, city of Union Gap, marijuana is legal. Those stores are not going away. They shut down a store out in Natchez in, um, what's the word, unincorporated area of the county. Mm -hmm. So that's where the county has jurisdiction. I see. So for us, we were in the county, we had to do a conditional use permit and so even if like All other county agencies said this was okay Uh you know Department of Ecology what have you the county commissioners had final say if this was in a good location or a bad location and we were going into all the meetings and hearings and we were very vocal and helped the county figure out some of its code and they were like you know, quote unquote, like, this is a great area for you guys to be in. So we, they're like, unofficially said, you know, I'd start building because you have to build it before you can like get signed off on it. And so like they issued us permits, Mm -hmm. we were operated and 10 year, 10 days after they issued us permits, 16 of our neighbors challenged the county on our permits by issuing us
1: them so it's a legal process it's a through. legal process,
0: yeah, so it was really weird because the neighbors didn't exactly sue us, but they were like suing the county for issuing us the license, so it was kind of cool because the county had to defend themselves, so the county was defending our marijuana operation in
1: defending their defending their 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 regulation or uh, their their uh uh, how they interpreted the regulations that they have.
0: Yeah. Um, so, because we were issued licenses, yeah. permits, we were allowed to operate during this two year court battle. And it really just fell into like politics. They shut us down over allowing our, over supplying our employees with bottled water for drinking water because they did not view marijuana. Marijuana is not viewed as an agricultural crop according to tax purposes, right? We don't get agricultural tax breaks of any kind.
1: Well, no, it's illegal federally.
0: So, yeah. So because of the way we're taxed, they viewed us as an industrial company.
1: I see. Even, Lay- though, even though what you're doing is really agricultural. It's agriculture. But you also process. Tea. So you're also a processor, right? An agricultural processor.
0: Um, so we just like... We just... Uh, the only thing we process in-house is like we we do flour and we do joints and then we outsource our oil to be made by lab labs basically so they're like we'll send out weed to labs get our weed back in the form of concentrates and then we'll like gram it out so there's really no like large processing done on our farm Mm. um but because of taxes, they viewed us as industrial, which I thought was funny because labor and industries views us like we're greenhouse classification under the agricultural category. Hmm. So, And if we, were, if we were agriculture, if they viewed us as agriculture, we would be allowed to supply our employees with bottled water. But because we were, they viewed us as industrial, we had to have a class B well. We did not have a class B well.
1: Did you, was there a well? There was, but it was like a residential well on oh, the property. I see. And so this is more for agricultural well use. Yeah? This is this is for like employee drinking water use. Interesting. You have to have a well.
0: If you have X amount of employees and in you're industrial classified, I see. You have to have business. a business
1: because you don't you don't get water. There's no piped water out that far. No, because you're unincorporated. Yeah. Okay. So we
0: so we use bottled water and we use like you know we. I'd fill up the big jugs of water and bring them in and people could fill up their water bottles and, like, that's how we operated. That's how most agriculture operates. Like, there's no drinking fountains in the middle of a hay field. <laughs> Where are they getting their water, you know? <laughs> um, and so it was, like, we won on all, like, nine points except for, like, one section, like, subsection of, like, a category that we were under review for, which was the bottled water. So they revoked oh my god know well is not cheap either it took them two it took them two years to find something to get to that point to find something to shut us down and
1: wasn't there also an issue with like a uh a school being near you
0: yeah that's the other thing so it was a uh german baptist school the german baptists did not like that we were growing marijuana but they have a they have a real country view on things. And I guess, like, I've always grown up, like, you live in the country, so you have your property and you do what the hell you want on your property and, you know, fuck what your neighbors think. Like, you don't bother them, they don't bother you, and that's the way the country living is, you know? So they didn't, like, that's kind of how they viewed it. Like, they're over there, we're over here doing our thing, we're not causing problems, and they don't, they answer to a higher power other than... Man-made government. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll let God sort this out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they were cool, but then our other neighbors, the McDowells, they own Old Mill Country Store in mm-hmm. Ellensburg. Mm-hmm. They like funded a lot of it because
1: funded a lot of what? The lawyers.
0: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like kind of petitioned and got people to sign their petition, basically.
1: And, uh, you know, to, being a neighbor, cause oh, I saw your operation out mm-hmm. there, a solid operation. And, but you grow, it, it, this is not like a grown hydroponically where it's all like, you know, almost like a laboratory setting and you've got the plants all in just water. You actually grow in the dirt.
0: Yeah. In our native soil, which we were in. Gosh, I miss our soil. It was great. We're in Badger Pocket, the best soil in the valley. Um, You know, we use drip emitters. Like, we're not using an overabundance of water. We don't spray nearly the amount of pesticides that the hay farmers, our neighbors, were using. It was just reefer madness. They just didn't. In court, she was like, well, we don't mind that it's legal. We just don't
1: want it in our backyard." Nimby, as they call those, not my backyard. Okay, mm-hmm. she's a nimby, um, and not only that, but you—it's it, not people cannot see. No, the marijuana.
0: Eight, we had a legally, you have to have an eight foot tall visible barrier. However, you want to interpret that law is how you interpret that law. So we had an eight and a half foot like metal fence. Built out of the same corrugated. Almost, it was like almost basically it was like house, barn, barn siding. I was going to say like siding. Yeah, 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 and it matched the barn that was on the property. Yeah, so it was like cool green, dark green. Yeah, it was like a dark green. We were like, okay, like we also grew hay on the property, so it's like just kind of flow. It wasn't it didn't stand out. It was we used the same materials as all other like surrounding buildings were built out of, and we won that. They said this fence is ugly. I'll make it ugly. I'll paint this thing bright fucking pink, dude. <laughs> try me. I borderline want The fence is still there. We left it with the old landlord. I borderline want to go back and paint pink pot leaves on it. it just <laughs> just to <try> say, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck
2: up.
1: E- needle, needle, needle. Yeah. Um, so you basically the the nuts and bolts of it is you you eventually right. lose to the the yeah. county overseer of
0: yeah, and they revoked our permits in. Um, Two years ago? 2016? Three years ago? 2017.
1: 16. Yeah, I'm bad I with the year. I did, they're yeah. just events in my life. I, yeah,
0: so they revoked them, and we had to move. And we, we were given, like, a grace period. We probably could have, like, took more time to find a new location. But lawyers tell you, you need to find a new location and move immediately. You pack up, and you fucking run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, that's that was definitely another thing that consumers don't realize. You know, the trials and tribulations of trying to operate a federally illegal farm in a state that just started.
1: Doing yeah, so. and you had to have like lawyers who. Oh like, yeah. Who were this was like a passion of theirs is to go after the marijuana or defend the marijuana defend laws the marijuana and defend laws, the marijuana. The marijuana.
2: Yeah, on the, on so the ad,
1: had, kind of like they're almost advocates, right? I mean, your your lawyer because she was very much in favor of
2: the legalization
1: yeah. process and finding the law and making sure that it was. Uh, um, maybe I'm misinterpreting. I think I'm putting words in somebody's mouth here. But w- tell me her role, or because you were—I you know, had met. Wasn't it her? Was it a team of lawyers? I mean, but you had some power there, and the-
0: Yeah, we started out with Anne. We met her at um, a marijuana conference. There's so many, like, different, like, marijuana organizations and things that, like, help bring the industry together. And, you know, they'll have, like, keynote speakers, lawyers, accountants, you name it. Like, they'd bring people in and talk about whatever they were specialized in. Anne was one of those people, and she used to work in Hollywood. She used to own, like, a documentary company. Hmm. Um, you can pull her up on IMDB and Van Lane seal. Um, and then, so she sold that company and passed the bar after that and became a lawyer, worked in DC for the healthcare plan under Obama. And then Le marijuana was legalized and she was like, this is what I want to do. I want to defend your right to grow marijuana. So she was, she did great. Um, And then once it got to the point of, like, you know, they say, like, you may know a lawyer, but you never know the right lawyer. And that's because lawyers get specialized in a certain type of law. Um, So this, like, ended up becoming zoning law. So then she recommended, like, we found another lawyer that specialized in zoning law. And then so together they, like, worked to defend our case.
1: Wow team of lawyers
0: yeah i did not expect to have to do that
1: <laughs> yeah. I, biggest, don't, I don't think anybody really wants to <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> no well it's just kind of funny because like you know the whole industry is starting and doing all this at the same time so like i better lawyer up I mean, yeah that's not what you're thinking there's like you know there's these companies that have millions of dollars backing them and they hire lawyers to do everything they hmm. hired lawyers to their paperwork to do their interviews with the liquor and cannabis board. Yeah. You know, they were like very lawyer heavy in the beginning and we didn't have any fucking money to pay any lawyers at the yeah. time. So like we read the laws and interpreted the laws our way and TJ did most of that. But so we were trying to negate having lawyers in these lawyer bills and then we get sued and we have to lawyer up.
1: You want to so, keep your farm? Yeah we want to keep our farm. We want to keep doing what we're doing. Wow. Okay. Now, so we're on the farm, but there's something we talked about a little bit earlier that I, I was thinking about with the plants. Okay. So you say that you like you don't grow from seed, right? Do you? I do. Okay. I, I do all of the above now. So you're there. You talked about. Um, like growing from seeds, but you're talking about clones Clones, yeah. and and from plants. I don't, I, I kind of know when you say a clone, I have, I kind of know what that is, but what is the difference between growing pot from marijuana from a seed and from a clone?
0: Well, I could write a whole paper on that. Um, well, but it's like a clone synthety. is like, you're going to take a cutting off a plant. You cut a branch and then you like put it in some root hormones and then you, that branch will then under the right conditions, grow roots. I see. Just like you can cut a vine in your house plant and put it in a glass of water, and eventually over time it'll grow roots, and then you can put that clone into soil and uh, grow. It.
1: that's a clone. Okay. So the cool okay.
0: thing about clones is, if I have a greenhouse of 160 plants, they're all clones off of the same plant. You're gonna have like consistency over your whole. Oh yeah. Over your whole crop, mm-hmm. um, which is very beneficial once you go to like market that strain and sell it to the consumer so Mm -hmm. that when they go back they're getting a consistent product time and time again Um, growing with seed seeds are like brothers and sisters yeah you all look similar (laughs) but you're each one's going to have different characteristics whether it's like potency look flavor you know you're going to have a slight variance Um, so that's like where when I grow from seed I do they call it pheno hunting and that's where you're like technically geno hunting but you're selecting the best of the best sibling out of this variety that you've Uh created Uh and then you'll take that one and like grow a mother plant of it and then you can take clones off of it so that's where I'll do like I guess our R&D or kind of research and development which is tax we're not supposed to like use that buzzword Mm -hmm. but that's where we kind of do like our testing strains and is this worth growing 200 pounds of or is this not worthy of growing 200 pounds you know I get the seed and it comes back at like 13 percent THC well no consumer wants to buy 13 percent THC they want 31 percent THC so if I grow a whole hoop of that well now I'm stuck with 200 pounds of weed that's going to be I'm going to have to put under my B line because it doesn't reach like the quality standards of our A line. So then you can kind of like lose a lot of money that way.
1: When you say a hoop, what's a hoop,
0: um, a hoop house or a greenhouse. Um, it's just our growing style. We grow in greenhouses and I like to put one strain per greenhouse. That way we can like monocrop it. About what, what size is that? Like square feet or meters? 2000 square feet. Okay. Um, Sixteen hundred square feet, twenty by
1: twenty by eighty. So it's basically you take a PVC, right? Ours are metal hoops. Uh, metal but hoops. But our put, first
0: year they were PVC, and yeah. they put plastic over it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we have eleven, eleven, or eleven twenty by eighty
1: hoops. So you've got these twenty thousand uh, square feet. So you take that seed; it be, could be good, could be get bad. Do you take multiple seeds of the same strain? Yes, yeah, so that's what like, I'll them? do. I'll see if they're all different or...
0: Yeah, that's where do? I grow like the same strength. So, like I just crossed um, Bubba Kush and Gorilla Glue. And so like I have three, I have like 400 seeds right now and I'll grow all 400 seeds and I'll pick the best one. Okay. You just said another
1: one I need to know about. What's a cross?
0: Cro- oh, like just breeding two varieties How do you breed with them? With male pollen, um, just like human just like sex i guess you know i have a male that produces pollen and then the female that's why marijuana is sticky is so that the pollen will stick to it in the wind that's like you know it's a to take marijuana off of its pedestal here for a second yeah. it's um there's a it's a weed so the point of marijuana is to produce seeds every fall so that there will be more plants that sprout next year they're an annual they're not a perennial so, but by there's like by like removing the males, you get potent seedless marijuana. But if you have males, you can use that pollen to then cross two varieties and create new strains, new varieties, whatever you want. How you
1: how you can get like between a uh, you can get a, a, a hybrid a, a hybrid of sativa and indica yep. because you had one male one yeah male or female doesn't matter. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of how we like, so there's like our, I have like a small room that I do like seeds. seeds. Okay. And then I have a small greenhouse. that's like 600 square feet. We're like, all right, I found this one. I like this one. Let's grow it outdoors under the sun and light deprivation, which is where we pull tarps to force the plant to flower. Mimicking fall light period, basically. Um, so, like, yeah, we find the best one, then we put it in a greenhouse and grow it under the same conditions we would grow a large-scale hoop in. Uh-huh. And if it passes that test, then it goes into, like, our large production, and then we'll grow, like, hundreds of pounds of it oh. if it passes the test.
1: And you have to keep your male and female plants separate, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. So you don't get just
0: pollen everywhere (laughs) yeah 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 you can definitely seed out a whole field if you're not careful
1: wow yeah i can see why you'd have to keep that you know kind of contained Mm. you don't want those to get onto because if it's a weed too you know just getting into somebody's hay field
0: yeah that's what all those hay farmers are worried about
1: i could see that but but it's but, but it's it so does. regulated, like yeah, it is very regulated, and it's not like yeah, it's still regulated. I'm sorry, but I had to go. Like when I went to visit, I want want to touch them because they're so pretty. Like you can't touch them, and I kept touching them, and TJ he smacked, my, smacked my hand. He yeah, yeah. It like don't touch them. Okay, okay, okay. Well,
0: yeah, everyone wants to touch it. And it's, usually, I'll have like a plant or two in like the R and D area. It's like you can you can touch and smell this one,
1: <laughs> just, to, just so people can do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's so regular. Like, marijuana seeds are so heavy. It's not like they're just going to blow away in the wind. Like, you know, tumbleweeds spread because the weeds like die and tumble in the wind and drop seeds everywhere. And like, that's how they spread their seeds. Cannabis just, the seeds drop. And when the plant rots in the ground over winter, like the next spring seeds come up and that's like their natural cycle. So you're just like with light deprivation we're able to pull tarps over hoops creating like simulating fall because marijuana plants flower because the day gets shorter that's why they flower in the fall so we're able to like harvest in the summer and then harvest again in the fall Um, and if you keep males out of it then you don't have seeded weed
1: oh yeah it makes sense yeah and then, so now you've got uh, all this, and then they, so you're in Ellensburg and they basically say, you've got this uh, big farm mm-hmm. uh, and they go, okay, you can no longer grow marijuana here, but you still want to grow marijuana. You could have just said, okay, we're done and walked away.
0: Yeah. Which is funny. I remember like sitting on the hill with TJ and like, do you just like work so hard for something? And then like, you know, the county approves it. Then all of a sudden, it's just like, they just rip the rug right out from under your feet, you know? Um, but the cool thing was like, we both had the same same mentality. It's like, you know, what do we do now? Where do you want to go? Like, let's immediately, we we're just like, all right, let's figure out a plan mm-hmm. and execute. Mm-hmm. And so within like 10 days, we found a new farm to move to. And we were, it took us a year to like move everything but we are now moved out to Mattawa, which is beautiful right off the
1: Columbia river. And it's about what a 45 minute drive, 45, 45 miles about from it's Ellensburg, 56 minute drive, according to
0: navigation.
1: Yeah. Okay. Probably about 40 now probably more than that. Probably, you know, 50 probably miles more or than 60 so. miles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going 70 on that lot.
0: Yeah. Or, or more.
1: <laughs> okay. Right.
0: Um, but, yeah, so we, yeah, get shut down and like, and so, well, what are you going to do? Are you Are just going to give up every time someone tells you not to do something? You want me to
1: get that? Here.
0: I got it. Yeah, you're just going to give up every time someone tells you you can't do something. You know, if you had that mindset, yeah. you'd never do anything in your life. Right. And it's kind of fun to just do what people tell you not to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little rebel in me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, a uh, little rebel is good. Yeah, nothing you know. would nothing would get changed if there weren't any people like that. Yeah, I mean the the, the world would not exist if people just said, you know, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that.
0: Like there'd be no advancements in
1: anything. Yeah, everything's fine. I like rocks.
0: Yeah, like, living in a
1: cave is awesome. <laughs> making fire. No one ever rubbed sticks together. You wouldn't have it. Yeah. Why are we rubbing sticks? You're so silly. What the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah, so we packed up U-Hauls and fucking moved them. Yeah, moved it out to the further end of the desert. And we're in the middle of like wine country. It's freaking gorgeous. And how
1: far are you from, uh, you're right on the Columbia River there, too, Mattawa? Doesn't it go right through Mattawa?
0: Yeah, we're um, five, six football fields away from the river. Like 600 yards, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a little bit more than that. A couple acres. Like you can see the river from our farm, which is kind of cool. It's beautiful out there.
1: Um, Yeah, it's in the, well, it's also, that's the gorge area of Washington.
0: Yeah, Columbia Basin area. Columbia
1: Basin. Um, Mm -hmm. Lower Columbia Basin because uh, it's it's low. There's a steep freaking hill you got to go up to get up to Ellensburg. Yeah. That's a hill, man. You see plenty of trucks off to the side of the road because they can't make that hill. Yep. Yeah, it's deep.
0: Yeah, we we moved a whole farm in U-Haul vans. Wow. Going up and down that hill. Wow. Um, but it's really cool. I, I love where we're at now. You know, you get shut down and it's like, fuck, what are you going to do now? Like, Yeah. You, you spent the last, like, two, three years, like, all day, like, literally blood, sweat, and tears, like, went into, like, building that farm. Mm-hmm. Um and then for someone to just be able to say, no, you can't do this. Like, Hey, that was the shittiest thing that probably ever happened to me, but also like the most humbling and probably the best thing to ever happen to us.
1: Damn it, dude. I was just telling somebody this the other day. Like when I, I like your attitude, but, but this, this attitude is like, I'm going to make this the best thing that ever happened to me. I thought of that because I, the, the, I'm not going to go into the long story of it, but I lost a job. I was downsized. I'm like, screw you, people. I'm going to make sure this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Here's my opportunity to set my path that doesn't involve you. Yeah. Let's go. You know, which, but it's finding that path that is not always the easiest. So you've got that part. You know, which you know how you're going. Yeah. Like, I'm going down this marijuana grow path. Let's. What do we do next?
0: Yeah. Like it. I worked in a cubicle for a while in Ellensburg for the Daily Record and it sucked. I hated being in a cubicle. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of a fucking hippie and I like to be outside barefoot. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, and gardening is so therapeutic. You can have a shitty day. And I don't know anyone who, if they're in a shitty mood, going to work is going to help them. That is so rare. My dad always told me, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's true. And um, you may
1: not make any money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. But you know, if you do something with the right intentions, money will come.
1: Well, that's the thing though, right? Money will come, but how much money will come? And how fast will it come? Because we go money will come. Oh, okay. Yeah. But okay. So I want to be a mime street performer. That's my passion, that's what I want to do. I don't work a day in my life, but I can't eat <laughs> yeah, so but. money comes, but it's like uh, I get I got a uh, dollar twelve today, you know? yeah, <laughs> so right. the money comes, but it doesn't mean it's gonna come in buckets, <laughs>
0: yeah, and it doesn't mean it's gonna come for a long time, yeah um,
1: or ever plenty of artists, yeah, yeah f- f- bleeding starving artists is a real thing,
0: yeah, that's why I grow marijuana,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, Which in itself, you know, even though it's science-based and agricultural-based, it's really, you know, there's some art to it.
0: Yeah, there's, yeah, there definitely is, especially when you get into, like, the breeding side, and that's why I've, like, started, like, dipping my toes in that pond. Um,
1: so, breeding, then that's with the, the, the cross-strains like yeah, we were talking cross about. Strains, yeah, cross
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, back to getting shut down, it was, like, just the best, most, at first it sucked. I was, like, super depressed, and it mm-hmm. was, like, dude, like, fuck this, like, almost ready to quit. But then, like, as you, like, make it through the next step, and then there's, like, then we got our new farm, like, re-licensed. I like, guess we never lost our license, but we got it approved by the state. Like, you know, we met all the security codes and everything. And it's, like, as things start to go, it's, like, you know what? You can make it through a lot more than you really think. And just, like, the fact that they, like, gave us permits and they pulled them out from us. Like, I'm not some like, Oh, no one can touch me. Like everything I touch is gold, blah, blah, blah. Like there was just this humbling point where it's like, you know, be thankful for what you have right now because nothing ever stays the same. And someone could take this away from you again. Oh, you could be in
1: federal prison.
0: Yeah. And like people in Washington state don't see that. It's like, Oh, marijuana is legal though. Huh? Cool. Like, but you know, I was licensed and I they took it away. That like I just see that and like I keep going back. Like, the federal government could step in and take it away. Oh, A moment, really. And like people have this like argument, well, how come it's illegal in this county if the state says it's legal? Well, if you follow that logic, well the federal government says it's illegal. So do you want to play that game or not? Right. Um and that's just yeah, so getting it's, Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting shut down was just you really see like When you go through something like that, you see what you're made of and like your bonds with people, like people that stick with it. Like, you're gonna have a better bond. You like shoot TJ and I are like practically married, you know? Like, it would be harder for him and I to get a divorce than him and his wife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and uh, good luck to uh, I don't know his wife's name, Caroline. Caroline can have a baby here soon, yeah. Hey, an update. Caroline did have the baby, a bouncing baby boy. His name is Hudson Jack McDonald. He was born on February 14th of 2019 at 538 in the morning. So congratulations, TJ and Caroline, on your bouncing baby boy. And uh, TJ, I'm still waiting for my cigar.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be an
1: uncle, kind of. Yeah, nice. It's the best kind, dude. I'm an uncle, as you know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. But yeah, going through things like that with people, like, if you don't make it clearly, like, it wouldn't have worked out. But, like, you know, we have our arguments and things. And, like, it's, I know him far better now because we've gone through hard, hardships like that. Yeah. Um, and it just, that's
1: where That's where everything is forged.
0: Yeah. And it's just made the story better, I guess. You know, everyone wants, like, at the end of your life, like, what do you want? And I guess to have a lot of cool stories and, like, yeah. You know, if you just sit on the couch and watch TV all day and do nothing, like what do you really have to regret? Talk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: go out and try to make some regrets. Now, I, I just like uh, the last conversation I did was with my friend Amit, and mm-hmm. like my, it's you know, who, he who dies with the least regrets wins, but you know, you gotta you gotta earn those regrets somehow. Yeah. You know, go out there and challenge yourself.
0: Yeah, and like. You can. My biggest. Is I have a tattoo with like three of my buddies. It says "One life, no regrets." Yeah, and it's like I could have regretted a lot after getting shut down, but it's like
2: at yeah, first,
0: at first you don't see the good. Yeah. You know, at first, like you always just like I guess it's my nature is I just always automatically first I see the bad and like just how fucked up the situation is or whatever.
1: Yeah, when you get to a point, I'm I'm a similar way. Yeah, like, like yeah, it'll really depress me. Yeah, but I'll snap out
0: yeah you snap out of it, and like once you realize like the good that comes out of it, I got to rebuild a farm, you know you you, yeah, build, you right you build something the first time and it's there's always something you would look like when you're done, you'd like yeah. well, I would have done that a little bit different
1: so, yeah, people who have brand new houses are have the same thing, yeah, we had to design the way we want well, next time we would have done yeah exactly. so now you get your you've already done it once,
0: yep. Where did I have to walk the most time? Like, going from, like, activity to activity on the farm. Like, oh, if see. if I moved this next to this, I'd be so much more efficient. Um, and just, like, that's... Like, the overall layout is far more professional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not awkward. I don't have to walk around a greenhouse to get to something. Like, just the layout is much more efficient. And we've, like... Because we were able, because we had to tear everything down and rebuild it, Mm. we got a chance to do it better and make ourselves more profitable in the end. So it was like, probably like the biggest blessing was, yeah, relay out more efficient. We can like process at an insane rate compared to what we were able to. Just with the layout of things on the so board.
1: more better efficiencies,
0: yeah, all around from processing to growing to filling pots or like getting deliveries of things, all all across the board, which is efficient.
1: Yeah, what would I mean? Just I'm thinking. Okay, suddenly, what if I had to leave right now? You know, I'm sorry, your uh, your job has got got moved or. I don't know. I mean, suddenly my job dies and I, or is over my where i live too like you were basically living there right yeah i
0: lived uh, on the farm you
1: lived on the farm Yeah, so I you lived said on the well, farm you got you got you your whole life for this this is not just you know the farm's going to move okay well your your life is unstable I mean, your entire yeah. life is unstable here yeah you don't I know like, where you're going to fucking land you don't you, you're trying no, okay I well don't, here's here's the thing so why why madawa i mean suddenly you go to ellensburg did you look other places or you go hey when this if if we don't know did you already have a plan to go if this if this whole pot thing doesn't work here because of all the rules that you're going through and you're going to court constantly if it doesn't work out did you already plan to move someplace else or is this like okay now where do we go and now we have to find it now kind of a thing what happened there um
0: well i guess there was like the first one is well do you stay in the marijuana industry you got licensed and now they said no and they took it away from you like do you want to stay in it do you want to keep going through this bullshit or do I want to go get a design job in Seattle or Portland or, or travel and like work out of the internet? Yeah. What do you want to do? And it was quickly just like, well, where do we want to move the farm? You know, this is just, this is the passion. This is how like I make a living. This is, there's no going back now. We've invested everything we own. Yeah. Like we started it with 40 grand, 60 grand. We had a, we brought on like a $20,000 investment from a guy. We've like since paid him out. Um
1: a little seed money.
0: A little seed money, yeah. like electrical permitting can can really drain the pockets. Yes, it um, can. So. so yeah, like, you know, we everything we had, like T J had sold the lounge and that's how we like that was like part of his portion of oh, starting the business. Okay. You know, yeah. like we we stacked money and like each put up twenty grand.
1: And then uh, cool. Then okay, so you you're you're how do you go about finding land, land. For, that's going to allow marijuana grow.
0: That's part of like what pushed us to Mattawa. Um, a, we needed to move in like a, in a, in a timely fashion. You know, the county wasn't going to let us just continue to operate there after rescinding our permits.
1: Like, And, and wait a second, you, do, you didn't own the land, by no, the way, no, no. We, yeah, where we the farm own. was. You didn't own, not own Correct. the land. It's owned by somebody else You were renting that. Right? Yeah. So we, God, we had such a good deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was a medical patient of ours for a year, a couple years before that. And she lived in this huge house and she was like downsizing to a smaller house and farm. She went from like 80 acres to 15. So a huge downsize. And it had a mother-in-law house on it, which is where I ended up moving into. Um, and we rented one acre from her in the based on, on the price of hay that it would produce. Hay is dirt cheap.
1: Because oh, because you live in hayfield, hay country. Yeah. Hay farms all around. Yeah,
0: it's nothing but hay farms. Yeah. And, well, it turns out marijuana makes a lot more money than hay.
1: <laughs>
0: Who'd have thought? Yeah. yeah. So we got we had a we had a great setup. You know, she was super friendly old lady like it's kind of funny because it's a second old lady I've like lived with on a farm growing <laughs> marijuana and it's just something about like 60 year old women. They just love me. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody loves um, you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so we were renting and it was like, we do I was 24, 25 when we started. It's like, you know, my parents aren't super rich or anything. Like we didn't have a whole lot of, your parents are not rich. I yeah. know them. Yeah, not, exactly. you, you can
1: say they're not super rich, but no, they're yeah, they're, they're not, not rich. rich. Yeah, no. they're. I'm not rich. Extreme, you're not rich. Yeah, well, right. You know, very middle class.
0: But to start a farm, like I didn't have hundreds of thousand dollars to go buy a farm, and well, when you're in the marijuana world, banks wouldn't work with you at that time, and they yeah, still, won't, still give won't give you a loan. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know you have to go to private investment for things, and we like we pitched to other investors, and that's how we ended up with that twenty thousand dollar guy um
1: okay i got a, so okay i've got a side thing here okay. that i want to talk to you about because we just talked about cash but i really want to know more about the like your process here of finding the next farm but because w- it's all a cash business right uh-huh. what do you do with the cash
0: so when we started out i had a pile of money under mom's house
1: when you say pile like how was it stored i think of a pile of money like a big. i page.
0: think that, honestly it was just like a little safe i put underneath their house but we had you know hundreds of thousands of dollars under there and then like in the medical world mom didn't ever know but I had like 15 pounds
1: stashed in her attic 15 pounds of
0: weed by those back in the medical days because mm-hmm. I was paranoid to keep all of it in one location
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we had like a bunch of weed stashed in her <laughs> attic that she never knew about <laughs> she doesn't know maybe <laughs> yeah um but yeah, she knew about, I had a safe of money down in, underneath the house. Which but she probably
1: had no idea how much that was in there. Did you, know, did you tell her? I never showed her, no. So you had hundreds of thousands or? Over a hundred thousand, yeah. Okay.
0: And at that time that was all, it was all went to fucking taxes. But, um. Well. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, that's what you did. Like cash based, like you have a bit on hand and you move it around places. Like i buried money before, um, like in buckets, um, put it at like a girlfriend's house somewhere stashed. I don't know. What do you do? Banks wouldn't touch us at the time. So yeah, you, it's kind of scary and it's not secure, but it was all I knew. My whole adult life I've made semi quasi illegal money, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but that's just like was part of the game I didn't even have a bank account until I was like twenty four twenty five and that was like when I got my personal account, we'd still get all of all like we'd we'd pay employees with cash at first um things like that until we were able to get a laundering kind of <laughs> company that came about it was called pay quick and they were sure you want to be talking
1: about a laundering company that you
0: <laughs> this is an our company um <laughs> but it's similar to like laundering i guess it's not laundering money it was a legal way of laundering okay so what they would kind do, of a rabbit hole that's, that's okay I, yeah this is how this is how you dealt with cash in an illegal market or yeah. like mm-hmm. in a becoming legal market
1: yeah black market
0: is black market's all cash and let me you know people would put their black market money into like a personal bank account because that's how you hit it back in the day, right? Like that was – you either had just cash or you would put it into your bank account. But if you put it into your bank account, well, red flags would come about eventually, you know, depending on how big you were. We weren't big. That was never an issue. Um, So it was all cash. But then like there's this new spot for a business when marijuana was legalized all these companies are dealing in cash. There's trucks running around with hundreds of thousands of dollars and like hundreds of pounds wow. all over the state. Wow. And like people just don't realize how much that was. And it was just, yeah. it's not a secure way to do business. It's difficult to keep cash track of cash, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So this company called pay quick, you would have an account with pay quick and they were basically like a middleman to the bank. So if you put it, your money into PayQuick, they would work with a credit union, and the credit union would take the money from PayQuick because they're not a marijuana company. And then PayQuick would like tax me on how, like, a percentage on money that goes through, but yeah. I put it into the PayQuick account because they could receive checks from like other businesses that operated like this. Then the money would go into our Timberland bank account back then. And then we would be able to work with our debit card. So that was like how, that was our first wow. way of getting an account with a wow. bank was through a third party company because they had to touch the money before the bank would touch it.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So it's similar to like laundering, but it's not laundering. Okay. You know so I mean?
1: basically it's a third party. Yeah. Like it's a business that does your banking business.
0: Yeah. So we had that. What?
1: For Let's a while. Just to think about that. Well, if like, you have a business that, in order to get to do your business with money, you have to go to a business, that's not a bank. No, it's not a bank. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to figure that out. It's like, it's, but you're not using your credit card, but it's almost as if they're just then, saying, okay, I'm sending the money to Visa Corporation, and the Visa Corporation will pay you, but that's not how it works. It's a one-to-one transaction, although, but Visa takes their piece of the pie. So you have to go to a business to say, I am the business you will deal with. They send the money that they talk to the bank. The bank then says, okay, here's your money, or uh, we have your money. Uh, uh, what's it called again? PayQuick. Mm-hmm. So it's PayQuick's money. And then PayQuick pays you in your bank account.
0: Kind
1: of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right, it's kind a, of a mind. What, like, yeah. I, I, do I have that right? I don't know. I, oh. uh, we've, 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 we're imbibing.
0: Yeah, no. So, yeah, we'd, we'd, it was a way for, like, we'd mail out checks from, we'd get a check, like, we'd sell, we do a store. They yeah. write us a check. We would then, like, mail it into PayQuick. They, they, so it's
1: two Binks Buds. Let's so yep. say checks say, so, okay, yep. okay, okay, yeah. Old yeah.
0: McDonald's Farm. And Old then, McDonald's Farm. Yeah, and then they would, then we would, like, send it to PayQuick, and they would be able to deposit into our bank. We had, like, debit cards through our wow. bank, but, they, had to, yeah, they, that, they just had to that, touch at,
1: it. At, at that point, the, that become, it becomes your personal money. Mm-hmm. But PayQuick has to put it in there, right? The, the, the PayQuick does the, the, the electronic transaction. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um,
0: the Crazy. electronic transaction of deposits. Of deposits. We, but then we could like buy things.
1: So moving. they just automatically deposit money into your account. You give them access to deposit mm-hmm. money into your account. Well, I guess anybody can deposit money in anybody's account, really.
0: Yeah. So now we no longer have to do that and we just have a regular bank account which is which has made everything so much nicer especially on like the book side of things Uh like all of our money is able to be tracked through the bank account all spending you know so when you go to tax time comes around like it's all through there you can see everything but with Mm -hmm.
1: cash it's like try to keep a lot try to keep receipts
0: yeah yeah i mean we still i know tj yells at me all the time
1: yeah you gotta do that
0: um but yeah, so it's the banking thing has definitely improved over the time.
1: Um, so okay, so now you're able to this is recently, right? But it's
0: yeah, we just got a bank account that we didn't have to go through a third party this last like November. What like, bank? We're with Numerica Credit Union,
1: Numerica, and where Numerica, okay, there's not one in there's I don't know where they so you, are. So you only we know have
0: it, one in
1: okay, so but you don't, it's not really, they're not. I guess they, they don't have a lot of store like physical presences. New America Bank. No, it's not. It's a basically. It's
0: a smaller. It's a credit union.
1: Okay, now you've got your own your your own checking account. Yeah, uh, and that's just got to make your life easier.
0: Yeah, it's things like that that like other people in business just don't think like they get all these benefits. You know, like like being able to have a bank and like now it's like this new thing for the whole industry. So it's just kind of cool to see like the evolution of things that people don't really think about that actually make an impact.
1: Okay. Uh, you don't have to answer this question, but I want to know, like I'm curious because I'm just curious, like how much does the, can you tell me or do you want to tell me like how much the farm makes a year?
0: Uh, it depends on the year.
1: Give me a range.
0: Um, in Ellensburg, we did 1.2 million in our like
1: last year. Wow. And sales, yeah. And sales. Yeah. 1.2 million. Good God. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And how much of that is profit? That's what, that's what, That's what. that was gross. What's profit out of that?
0: That's where it gets, according to like the IRS. That's where <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> No, like, you don't, we, <laughs> the reason I, no, no. Uh, I mean, kind of funny. But the reason I say that is because (laughs) as a marijuana business, because Mm of tax code 280E that states you can't take like deductions off of, you can only like take cost of goods sold. Okay. Like direct cost of goods sold Mm -hmm. um, for your taxes. So like we don't get the same like tax benefits or breaks or I can't write off normal deductions mm-hmm. because of this code 280E that was implemented in like the 80s because of coke trafficking and stuff. Like well, that. yeah. Hmm. Um, so because of that, our like profits are, if you look at it that way, our profits are less. But, okay. Um, yeah, no, we, I want to say that year we did like a quarter of a million in profit. Wow.
1: Wow. That's a good living sounds like. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Then then and, they didn't, oh, and wow. then
0: and then we got our farm taken away and <laughs> then like well, you know, that's really fucking expensive.
2: <laughs>
1: okay,
0: let's see. So it's just some. like everything else, you know, people think it's like this big green rush, but it's like the bullshit stuff that you deal with that like normal businesses don't or can be very costly. Yeah. Um It's kind of it's kind of funny cuz when it first got legal Everyone wanted to jump in, like this is the gold rush, we're all gonna make billions of dollars, and yeah like, i had been I'd been in the weed world for a while, and like I know what it really is, and it's just like every other business, like you're not gonna make this four hundred percent margin on a product like it was the first year, like when mm-hmm. there was not enough weed, and like people were selling grams at a store like for twenty some dollars. Like right when it opened and oh, yeah. what fucked a lot of people is they did their spreadsheets off that number and it's like a lot of businesses have been going under or having difficulties paying back their initial debt uh-huh. that they took on yeah. but because we went the sun grown light deprivation style technique. We didn't have to have this multi-million dollar facility so we were able to do it with really minimal debt so that's kind of helped us in the long run really
1: yeah i mean 60 grand to, to do you know uh an entire operation mm-hmm. to start it i think that's cheap
2: yeah an entire marijuana like,
1: operation on a farm i mm-hmm. i don't know i have no idea but i think that's a that turned out to be a good investment yeah no it was
0: a great investment um you know, we just we're young and we're in it for the long haul, and we've reinvested a lot of our money into it. Like mm-hmm. you know, as you do, yeah. So it's just it's kind of been funny to see, like, especially like from like an investors, like a old rich white guy standpoint, uh-huh. Um, they're just not interested anymore in like investing money. They're losing money because they invested it poorly in the beginning, uh-huh. things like that. So it's been like a. Been interesting to see.
1: Wow! And instead, you, instead, you're doing so well that they had to take it away from you. So yeah, <laughs> uh, and so okay, there we're we're back to where you had just lost you know, the farm. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find. How do you go about finding a place that's gonna? So you rent land. Rent land. You rent land now.
0: Yeah. Um, so like that's kind of like what pushed us into is There was a facility there. They call them megaplexes. So each farm has to have their own eight foot tall fence basically, right? Surrounding it. Well, one way people invest is with people like to invest in property and land and so there's people that bought up property and they like built out fences and stubbed out water and power to it and rent them like an acre at a time. So we rent in one acre section on this like megaplex and we found it I leave on the internet i don't know there's well might well, we, we we called around a lot of them and i don't remember yeah. exactly which one
1: so you just them. did it yourselves you didn't go through a uh, an agent of some oh no, kind. No, no no we just did it all ourselves at a certain point like what
0: else are you gonna do you just got shut down you just twiddle your thumbs no, or yeah
1: now you, besides tear down it's, yeah it's do this
0: yeah and we at the time had like you know we had we had employees more than we do now but it was great because I had them tear it down. I was like, fuck, i built this. I don't want to tear it down. <laughs> but, and
1: it's basically, you didn't tear down the fence or anything. You just tore down the infrastructure. Of it yeah, all, we
0: man. tore down like all of our greenhouses. Oh man, out all that work. Electrical in the greenhouses, oh, you know. Yeah. It's, it was very expensive. But now we're like, so we've moved to this kind of megaplex area and it's, Pretty great out there. I don't know. Pretty quiet. We're there's only other one other farm on the same property, and they're like I think they just went under and sold out, so they're like moving out right now, and we're the only ones there.
2: Hmm.
0: So it's kind of like our little lone oasis. <laughs>
1: and, you, and you live out there too, don't you?
0: Um, yeah, a few days a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I stay there. Right now it's snowboarding season, so I'm like crashing on couches and. Staying in people's places closer to the mountain.
1: Ah, okay. No girlfriend to, to spend uh, most nights. Well, you don't have a... Well, okay, big, big sign. Okay, should we move along from that We'll now? move along. Move along from All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so now marijuana business is uh, going well. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of that idea of, of uh, like being able to uh, smoke or sell marijuana on the farm itself? Is that something you guys do? Would do go to get into as well that's full integration there, almost isn't it
0: that would be full vertical integration that's how we got started in the medical we were we we put other dispensaries out of business back then because we were fully integrated we vertically integrated we everything we sold we grew until we got to a certain point that we weren't able to grow enough and then we started bringing in more weed but mm-hmm. that was great because i used to sell pounds of weed for ten dollars a gram Forty four hundred dollars a pound. If you wholesale it, you're getting like twelve hundred a pound. Like we were killing it in medical. I fucking loved it. Um. Now we now if you're wholesaling, you're selling for like. We sell package to a store at ninety five cents a gram. Wow. Yeah. So wow. like. Yeah. Price have changed, a and so bit. and what is the retail? But if you were able it? to like, but if you were able to sell directly from your farm at like a retail price,
1: so what is that? What is a retail price for a gram like of yours that like you just said? So that's ninety
0: five cents a gram. That's our ten dollars an eighth out of Tacoma. That's our cheap weed. We buy it at like less than ninety five cents a gram. We package it, sell it to the store at ninety five cents a gram. It's like three something for an eighth, three thirty three an eighth, and then that sells for. Ten dollars at the store.
1: Oh wow! So they're making ten bucks. They're making nine bucks off of that profit. They're making
0: yeah. Well, they're making six sixty six. Oh, but oh, then nine, yeah. but then they have to sell. So that's tax included. So the state gets thirty seven percent tax. So basically, a, fa- a third to the processor, a third to the store, and a third to the government. That's kind of how it breaks down. But none of the stores like have prices before taxes so taxes are already included and again consumers don't understand some of the difficulties yeah they're just thinking oh everyone's making a ton of money but it's like no there's taxes hidden in that ten dollar eighth that you bought
1: yeah well they're not hidden at all
0: well to the consumer they kind of
1: are oh yeah and no, only that but it's going it's, it's finally something is being you know uh it's legalized, but it's taxed so heavily. And one of the reasons it got legalized is because it's taxed so heavily. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's doing good, isn't it? Most of the profits go to schools, I think, right?
0: I don't know where the money goes. Does anyone really know where the money goes? No, their nobody, pockets, knows. Really. nobody knows. Nobody um, well, knows. Cool thing: Union Gap built a uh, a skate park for kids out of their profits from taxes. That was like their first thing that Union Gap did. Nice, it's right next to the mall. Yeah. Nice. They needed one down there. Yeah, they did, and I okay. thought it was cool that marijuana funded that because <laughs> I used to smoke weed at the skate park. It's kind of come full circle, I guess.
2: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, yeah, we uh, like we've built like a tiny home out of a shipping container as like a bunkhouse on the farm and crash there whenever I want and pretty nice um yeah it's like in that move we've just downsized to then like really ramp back up again um I've just kind of like taken the like kind of mindset of like you know when you're shooting an arrow you have to pull your bow back before you can like really launch your arrow forward Hmm. um I think the same goes in life you just you know to really like take jump to the next level, you've kind of like got to... kind of pull yourself back before you can really launch to that next level. Yeah. Um, and like that's how it went from... You know, I started growing weed in a closet and now we have a 50,000 square foot facility. So like I went from like 50 square feet to 50,000 square feet. And you just do that. It's just like a video game. Just You know, <laughs> hit, hit different levels. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. the move was... I guess the benefits out of the move was efficiencies and being able to redo it. And in order to like really go to the next level, like you have to make changes. And that was an opportunity for us to make changes and really ramp up. We're about to like relaunch some new pack, like redo some packaging and launch that this spring. Um, so things just take longer than you really expect. Um, but that's kind of where we're at now. Wow.
1: Well, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Wow, so where do you see the future?
0: Uh, corporate cannabis coming and buying everybody up. Um, I think in probably like 10 years, you'll see interstate commerce, like transporting back and forth from Oregon. We've really taken the stance on like we're building brands and doing like marketing and processing. So the other blessing is that in this move, we've learned to utilize our processing more than we did before. You know, before we, everything we sold was grown in house. Now we have our B line where we do mostly buying and selling. So we're utilizing that processing license more than we were before. And, that will set us up for success when we can buy from Oregon because they're growing way too much. Mm-hmm. So I see that. And then I see it once it's like, once you can distribute like federally, I think that's when like the big money comes in and really starts buying people up.
1: But how far do you see that? I mean, I that's just a, that's like, that's, an, a, that's a future that, yeah, that's where it's headed. But I don't,
0: I don't know it's happened it's happened so fast but then again like like it's been legal for like six years or so but really like medical marijuana in Washington started in 1998 mm-hmm. So like it's taken a long time to get here But I think just like technology like it took a long time and then all of a sudden like it just gets faster and faster so like there's more states coming online there's and it's happening so much more rapidly like it could be in couple elections, you know, president, like hemp is legal now yeah, in the nation. In the nation. Like that's huge. That's, Mm -hmm. hemp is bigger than marijuana.
1: Agreed. Um, There's more you can do with it.
0: Yeah. Marijuana is just getting high.
1: You can eat it. You can make rope out of it. You can make clothes out of it. You can can power cars. you, You can, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a versatile plant. I mean, it does... Everything and all like that, but on uh, but I believe the plant is hard on soil, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that, um, but yeah, I mean, you can eat, you just have eat, to rotate your crops, yeah. I mean, the, the, it, so it's a tops. tough weed, too, yeah, it's tough,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's huge, you know. I, I guess I didn't see that coming that quickly, um, I think that's like the first step. Well, clearly, there was a lot more steps before yeah. that, but. You know, hemp's legal nationally. I could see it, marijuana becoming nationally legal in a few elections. I don't know as if Trump will do it, but I don't really put it past him either. He's well. You can't. Run.
1: You can. There's no guessing what that man will do. Yeah. No guessing. He likes
0: money. <laughs> yeah. That's what I keep coming back to. Yeah. He likes money, so I can money see and him. Russians both. Yeah, I could see him doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. I think in 10 years you'll see it nationally legal. I think in 20 years I'll be buying, I'll be able to like buy product from like Columbia or wherever.
1: Get some of the Colombian gold. Is that what it used to be? Yeah, I grow Colombian gold. Yeah.
0: It's good weed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I I actually made a bet with one of my buddies. He's a bud tender in Tacoma and I bet him a beer that in 20 years I'll be able to buy from another country. So I'm hoping to get a free beer in twenty years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a,
0: I'd take that
1: bet. But I got no clue.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's just it's all happening. We we joke on the farm, it's uh the whole industry is kinda of like hurry up and wait because laws have to change and that takes time. But
1: Yeah, what can you do now? You know, and then the future is gonna change because I mean, you had a farm growing pot, now suddenly you don't. Just you know, based on political whim, almost sounds like. Yeah, I mean, they, it was okay, and well, people got totally. upset, and then people with money got upset, and you lost. Yep. So away you go.
0: Yeah. So, kind of is what it is, but. Yeah, I think.
1: So the future, what what do you future see? Future
0: is full legalization. I...
1: As, do you see, you guys yourselves being uh, like a like one of the big players like that corporations
0: gosh when i was young and dumb yeah but now i just feel more more aware i guess of like big business and like how it operates and how what money can do you know like when you're young and you don't really have a full concept of i guess what real money is or what it can do how it can expedite things and Yeah, so I don't know. We have an extra strategy, and that's like making it to interstate commerce and selling out. Everyone says, why sell out? But everyone who sells out says, why not?
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm I'm taking a business class. I'm doing like MIT online Mm -hmm. business class. And one of the things is that if you are a startup, you tell everyone that you're going to go public and then sell go public the thing your idea is you're going to go public everybody's everybody says we're going to go public even if you never go public everybody you say that you want money from you say you're going to go public we're going to go public we're going to go public we're going to go public um because that way they get back their investment money
0: yeah so yeah, exactly otherwise like you can easily yeah not yeah ever pay them back and they just end up owning equity until they have to sell part of their whatever mm-hmm. um but in the beginning like there was no going public and yes. there still really isn't any like people going public other than on the Canadian market.
1: Yeah, that's well that's the when you talk about corporations. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's going to happen and then, you know, and now Canada's got the jump.
0: Yeah, and I just, you know, when you're like kind of younger and naive, you just want to like start up this huge company and like fully own it and be the, you know, one buying up other companies, and I mean, we've put out offers for to buy other farms. Um, we just, I don't, that's like a short sighted purchase, in my opinion. But now I just, I see like the reality, and it's like, it's just like the alcohol industry. Anheuser Bush owns so many in Bev, yeah. Yeah, they own so many different breweries and things like oh, ones that you don't even think about. It's and, not
1: just breweries; they also own like a, a large percentage of the alcohol market.
0: Yeah, and it's and how those happened is people started them and then they got big enough to where They're they were on their and, their radar, and mm-hmm. then they come in and buy it. Mm-hmm. That's your retirement plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: really? <laughs> and if you want to start another farm. Then you, then you just can got start a, another you one. You just got a whole lot of money to go do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, where I've.
1: Maybe it would be like a processing facility next, just pure processing or, you know, or if you want to be in the weed business at all, maybe you want to take that money and, and get that little house you've always wanted and grow your own plants and have your own little weed operation or, you know, you or can have. just
0: just a... a couple of plants outside and go be a ski bum or yeah, some right. shit. Like, I'm right. down, like, yeah, no, I'm. At first I wanted to just do it for the rest of my life and die doing it, you know? But now it's like that's not realistic and if you really want to make some money with it, you just kind of have to know when to sell and sell it and everyone I talk to who's like started businesses and sold them is the best thing that they ever did was they sold their business and that's when like you start to really make your money. Because um, then you have this pile of cash that you can like invest in other areas. Um, so I, we've just like, and I guess in my mind, I've wanted to like diversify a lot of my investments because the weed world's so volatile, and you never really you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I guess no,
1: true. no, and you and I think that that because you guys are integrated, that's not putting your you know you not you didn't put all your eggs in one basket. By doing that, by being brought from growing it to selling it to the retailer. Yeah, I mean you've got that whole process. That's so you're not just a processor. You're not no. just a grower. You're not just a distribution. Yeah, the, you've got everything.
0: Yeah, and we we have like part of our business is I do contract harvesting. So I will like come in and harvest your field for you. You know it's like another like niche in the industry that you know it's kind of cool to see growing this industry you know, alongside with everybody at the same time, it's really rare that you get to do something like that. And at first everyone was doing the same thing. And now people are starting to specialize in different areas, mm-hmm. um, like cloning or harvest companies or, or manuf-
1: manufacturing like candies and yeah. sodas
0: and all that. Yeah. You know, it's maturing at a rather fast pace. Um,
1: yeah, the 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 growth of edibles blew me away. I mean, uh, I when let's see, and when you tell me the process of what happens when you take an edible as opposed to smoking it.
0: So when you're smoking, it's going into your bloodstream through like your lungs. And when you're eating it, you're digesting it, and the weed gets into your bloodstream. So when you eat it, it takes forty five minutes to two and a half hours for your body to like, depending on how much you ate before that, yada, yada, who you are. And then it'll last up to eight hours maybe. Where if you smoke it, it's like instant and it'll last for a couple hours. So I guess that's the difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then, then, so edibles now are just like insane. I mean, not only that, you can get like, what is it? Oh, like 50 milligram cup
0: yeah, probably. Um, I get the sodas. I like the sodas, um, like carbonated beverages.
1: But they're expensive. They're like ten bucks a beverage, aren't
0: they? Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Wow. I call it a cheap date though, cause you, <laughs> you get a, it you comes get a, with a hand, but <laughs> um, no, no, just like you know, Netflix and chill or whatever. It's like let's drink a weed soda and hang out and uh, do whatever. And it's like you can buy a hundred milligram weed soda and split it, and you're both gonna get pretty high. Yeah. For rather cheap, you know, cheaper than going to the bar or doing something crazy. Oh, yeah, crazy, like. yeah.
1: And you'll generally feel better.
0: Yeah, especially the next day. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, this industry is definitely growing fast, and it's. I'm pretty interested to see like where it really goes and how fast.
1: Cool, man. Yeah. I think cool. that's it. All right. You got any questions? You got anything you want to talk about?
0: I don't know. No. You want another poll.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. A weed soda. Wow. Look at where we are compared to like 20 years ago with marijuana and laws and regulations. And my nephew was growing marijuana and processing it legitimately. Kind of blows my mind a bit, but... Nonetheless, thank you for listening to Conversations. That's T H O M Versations.com. I'm Tom Cocaine, your host. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Over and out.